Check, check, check. If you're in the sound of my voice, that means you're now tuned in to Chapter 98 of the Introverted Intuition Podcast. My name is Jeff, a.k.a. the Petty Podcaster, a.k.a. the Ambitious Introvert. Um, CR with me, my boy, family. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? It's your man, CR, a.k.a. Conscious Rap, representing Jump Out the Frame, JOTF, what's good? We were supposed to have a big, emotional, mental health-based episode, but maybe that's still on the way. That's still going to happen. I don't see why not. No, it can happen, but like Lainey was the one who suggested it. And she was supposed to lead us into the into the river. Lainey was supposed to do the intro to the podcast. She was supposed to fucking, I don't even know what she was going to do, but she's not here. She's late. Coco is sick or some shit. But shout out to them. We still love you. Still love y'all. I'm a little tight, but it's all good. Mm-hmm. I got some Pino. Um, but we have a, a guest. Some someone who who how'd you meet this guest, CR? Well, and the, and when? All right, all right, all right. So for those who don't know, my day job consists of driving all day. I drive for Lyft people. I don't think you speak about that ever on the show. Maybe I don't. I need to start letting people more into my personal life. I'm the only one who be venting this shit. <laughs> Niggas only know about me, but y'all don't ever talk about yourselves, and it's annoying, bro. So, People be judging me off my shit, and I'm be like, yo, why don't y'all talk about them? But, like, they don't even know y'all. So, yeah, I drive Lyft, right? Um, so, I was working, and I picked up somebody in Carteret, right? This this real swaggy dude had a dope suit on, right? So, the first thing I said is, like, yo, your suit's fly as shit. Because it wasn't, like, a regular pinstripe, you know, navy blue. It was, like, he had different colors on. It's, like, you can mm. tell he's meticulous about his outfit. Mm. And he had a, a, a kind of, like, energy about him. So we started talking. His name is Cross. So I met this dude. We started talking. He started introducing himself, uh, telling me about the stuff that he does. And, you know, he owns a hospitality company. You know, he does a lot of different events. And it's just like the the vibe was crazy. So we just ended up talking. This was like, what, last week? Yeah. It was like last week. Why do I think all this happened today? I like, I, like when you were telling me, it made it seem like this happened earlier today, and then this is how it got started. Like this is a week ago, like maybe less than a week ago. It was Word. very, very, very recently, and the vibes were so on point. I was like, I definitely got to like chill with this guy. Mm. So I ended up going out and hanging out with him yesterday. We chilled, rolled one up, chopped it up. He's a huge fan of Joe Budden's podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast. So immediately. When I pulled up, he was already watching the Joe Rogan podcast, right? Yeah. And that's when I realized, okay, this is where Jeff gets his interest in psychedelics. You get it from Joe Rogan. No, I, I had an interest <laughs> in psychedelics prior, but Joe Rogan piqued my interest in DMT, mm-hmm. uh, Aliens, and I just think he's a great comedian. Like, he he came up under Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. um, and he's just a dope short dude. Like, <gasps> People, Ooh, ladies and rainy gentlemen, Rainy Laney in the building. Rainy Laney has just walked in. People, Elena got everybody the toes out. Right now. Got the toes <laughs> out. Like, first of all, you wait for everybody. I could have got fifteen minutes, ten minutes before we start. I asked you if we would wait for you, um, and you. What did I say earlier today through uh, message? Like I can't get. I have no communication with nobody right now. But you, how'd you talk to me on Instagram earlier? Wi-Fi. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh shit! She's rainy. Laney's about the thunder. Shots fired. You are supposed to do the show. Let's go. No. Let's go. Uh oh. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Like, Jeff, Jeff. so we have a guest with us. His name is Cross. 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 Say what's up to the people. See y'all doing people. all talking. Yeah, to tell people who you are. And then we got a magical guest today. Like, <laughs> that's on CR. <laughs> but hey, it's not. It's not an interview. Right. It's not an interview. We're it's still gonna not. continue with he, what. You he was in the world. area. He was in the area. And he seemed like a cool dude. He is cool. Say what's up to the people. How you doing, everybody? It's Cross. Uh, I'm a lifestyle business consultant. 
I met CR about a week ago. We hit it off, and um, I was in the area after a meeting, so I came by and just check everything out. Yeah. I'm trying not to get uh, any shots fired at me right now. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. This has nothing to do with you. Hi, We're getting you. Hi, everybody. Like, Weird. Don't put me. Like, this unfortunately, is like, this is like one of those things where it's just like, wow, okay. Let's... And of course, it's all going to get say, put on me. But you know, I'll save the rest of this for off air because I, I really am going to go in today. I mean, you can go in, but like no, no, the fact that matters. Let's, just, let's go. Hi, everybody. Hi. Um, so y'all met a week ago, and now you're here. So thank you for coming. We uh, we have a lot of guests on recently, and uh, today was actually supposed to be just the three of us or four of us um, doing strictly like a mental health based episode. Usually, like we kind of sprinkle it in our interviews and episodes with us, but like we kind of want to go fully deep into it because uh, it's been affecting all of us kind of in a way. I feel. Maybe yeah. more so Laney than anyone because it was your idea. What's affecting me? Mental health, like you've been feeling depressed. No, the reason why I have it because um, through the group chat, y'all seem to have a lot of problems this month. So it's not that it's affecting I'm ready me. To, you, you go I'm... through it every day. See, I go through it every day. People go through it every day. So this is this is why the show is here to, as a collective. Right. Okay. No shots. Yeah, uh, I don't really have any problems anymore. Like I think I'm pretty in a good space. But Cr, you've been through a lot within the last. Yeah. Um. I guess. Damn. The pressures on me. The vent. Um, so you guys are... No, like, give me time to vent. I can't just come out. I mean, like, I don't know why you're listening to Jeff. Like, he's not cured. <laughs> I know, I'm not cured, but I'm I'm good. Yo, ladies on one, bruh. <laughs> but, like, share it with the audience, like, what's kind of been going on with you. Alright, Actually, you you probably have a lot to say, right? I do. So I don't have to go first. No, know. let's go with our guests. Yes. Um, are you from Carteret, by the way? Uh, my parents are from Carteret. I'm from the Bronx. You're from the Bronx. Okay, what part? Uh, Park Chester. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. That's very interesting. That's a coincidence. But the only um, place I know in, in the Bronx is Gun Hill Road. That's all I know. Yeah, I grew <laughs> That's up. All I, I grew know. up on 185th and Grand Concourse. Word. And then when I was six, we moved to Parkchester. And then from like in eighth grade, we moved to my mom moved to Carteret. I feel like New York as a whole is kind of crazy, but the Bronx is equally, just as equally, if not more crazy at times. And uh, definitely more crazy. Yeah. Um, what is like your mental state going home to the Bronx every night? Do you feel comfortable going? Like, does it affect your psyche in any way? Um, yeah, it's actually, it's a great coincidence actually that the topic today is mental health because, you know, I've dealt with my mental health issues before. Um, I've had years of therapy. When I was younger, I was, uh, diagnosed with a very rare form of autism that technically isn't, um, widely medically accepted it's called like hyperactivity disorder so i have i had all the social stigmata of what comes with autism but i had a higher intellectual uh prowess than what usually would come with certain um learning disabilities that you know other um yeah yeah. so Mm -hmm. i had to like learn things like sympathy empathy um you know just communicating and sensing other people's feelings and how to you know, direct them and mm. figure out how to relate to them. So I've been through my bouts of, you know, depression because I'm dealing with certain things. And, you know, if people don't really understand exactly, you know, what I went through or just in general, a lot of people don't acknowledge mental health as actually being something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, I was, you know, growing up, I'm like, why am I not feeling, you know, the same way as everybody else is feeling or why am people not getting across to me the same way that I want to get across to them? So it took me a while to like, you know, fully enveloped the fact that, you know, I had an issue besides that and that it affected me as, you know, a growing adult. So like now in these days, I'm, you know, I do meditating, yoga, things of that nature. 
besides the uh, countless hours of therapy when I was younger. That's interesting that you had to get taught like <clears throat> empathy. Like I feel like I'm pure empath. I feel everything. This morning actually is crazy. I was on. I really was crying on the way to work. Um, I thought he was talking. Hold on, hold on. I'm not. Because <laughs> you know, I see this three cups. No, but it's not. But you try to make it seem like what no, we were talking no, about in the no, group no, chat. No, 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 I'm not. Gosh, I'm not. Uh, so on the way to work this morning, um, I just saw I saw a deer. It was like it was like a younger deer. I don't know how you could dis- distinguish that. Normally, I think it's like the, the antlers or whatever. And it looked like it was desperately searching for food, but it couldn't find it because, you know, where they used to live and where they used to find food is now a fucking house. Yeah. And now the grass has pesticides and shit like that. Like, so I feel like they can't properly find food, find food. And it was weird. Like, I just, usually I hate deers because I feel like they're stupid and they just get in the way and like cause many accidents. But for this one in particular, like, I just felt, I felt bad because like it had no control. It has no control of its destiny at this point. Mm. It's such a simple minded creature and all its job is just to like survive and eat. But now I feel like it can only do one of those and it, can't, it won't even last forever. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just felt bad. So, like, how how were you taught empathy? I guess you can't really be taught empathy. It's more of um, there was multiple different uh, techniques and practices that we went through mm. just to have me relate. I did they really center around at least you being aware of other people's feelings? That that's the whole thing. So it's more it began more of um, acknowledging other people's feelings and the way they react to certain stimuli in their environment. Yeah. And then it then it transferred into um, almost, I don't want to say imitating um, empathy and sympathy, but it was kind of like that. Yeah. And then from there, it was a bridge to, all right, now I understand. I can imitate the feelings of empathy and sympathy. Now it's time to bridge that gap. Mm. So it took me a while to like bridge that gap. And I was told multiple times that, I mean, if it wasn't for the the hyperact- brain activity and my understanding of um, there's consequences to your actions, I would have been in a completely different place. Because a lot of times, you know, people who lack, you know, those basic humanistic um, emotions, they tend to go over, you know, off the deep end because they don't have any either understanding it's or they don't... For them. It's easy for outside people to manipulate you, in a sense, too, where yeah. they can have you doing all types of drug runs and mm-hmm. shoot up. Like, I yeah, have a brother you, yeah, that makes sense. Who's, um, who's ADHD, and the way you're, the way I'm looking at you right now is because you remind me so much of him, but you're at a... I don't want to say you're at a better state because he's getting there now. Yeah. And it took him a while to get there because it was to the point where he didn't understand how other people would feel based off his actions. He would just do things without even thinking about it. It was just like, oh, this girl wants money. Let me go scam some checks to get yeah. some money. And that was kind of that was kind of what we, fig- we figured out at a young age. Because my mother, she works for NYU for over 30 years for mm-hmm. neurosurgery. Oh. So luckily, I was in the medical. I, was in, I basically grew up in a hospital with yeah. her working there so long. And around, I think it was like five or six, I was in private school. And they started noticing that I was... Very, very different. Um, I was ahead of the class as far as curriculum goes, but my actions were just like. He was a loner. Yeah, I was very, I was very alone because not only was I not being challenged, but people were kind of annoying, I guess, because I didn't understand exactly like why they felt this way after something happened or why they felt like things would happen, and I would just roll it off my shoulder and keep going. Mm. But and five six is like what. 
pre-K, kindergarten stuff, ages like that. Yeah. And so little Susie drops her juice box and she's crying. You're just like, ha ha. Yeah, literally. literally. Like, <laughs> or like if somebody were like, you know, a little, like little Susie were to fall and scrape her knee and she's crying. Yeah. Everybody else is like, are you okay? And I'm just like. She didn't. Die. I mean, I mean, I I didn't fall. You know what I mean. What about feelings like like love? Like, did you feel like love from your mother and like your family? Yeah, the, that I can. That? that I can definitely say. Um, I had a good support system with my family. Uh, I grew up with a single mother, so even with that, I have six aunts. So I grew up around women pre- predominantly, strong, independent women. So like, I would say that was definitely a huge um, factor in me not being. You know, bash shit crazy, basically, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. They was on that ass. Yeah. Yeah. Because since they noticed that I was a little bit different, they were very um, conscious of the fact that there's a fine line of me going off on the on the other end. Because my father's side of the family, the Sicilian side, is um, a little bit more uh, instinctually active, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like they don't. They act first, think later. If they think at all. If they think at all. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a, was a constant battle of keeping me balanced on that fine line between going off the deep end and then you know keeping me in place. And then after a while, after therapy, and then after just like you know social involvement, and then luckily when I was at a young age, I got into the hospitality industry, which forces you to become personable mm-hmm. because a lot of a lot of people with, you know, any kind of mental disorder that has anxiety around crowds and stuff, that's a huge stimuli bolt. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're getting from everywhere. And it forced me to adapt. It's, it's funny you say that. I worked at a movie theater for, like, a good year. And um, I think that was kind of the birth of my confidence to even do a podcast because I was constantly interacting with strangers. And they encouraged you to be bubbly and try to get the sales for the Stubbs card and all that shit. <laughs> and smile while handing the butter shitty popcorn. So, like, um, I could definitely wait to that uh, that fact. Um, what about in terms of, like, therapy uh, in our community, black community, maybe your, maybe your community as well, it's kind of, like, frowned upon. Kind of, like, looked at as, like, yo, don't do that. You're crazy. Like, you'd be the crazy person in the family. Like, did you experience that in any way growing up with the people around you? Um, I would say with friends, I, it was I got more of that. Um, my mom's side of the family, the Puerto Rican side of the family, they're very traditional Puerto Rican. So um, initially, it was more of like a, you know, let's let's talk about it. And you know, my mom's side of the family is very religious, also. Mm-hmm. So you know, they wanted to put it, you know, in religious terms, you know church god will help you this and that's the third but there's a certain line where you people need actual you know help professional help and i felt it i felt the outsideness almost looking in from my friends not so much my family and then when i would get in touch with my father's side of the family they would feed the fire they would what do you mean by that like they would they would how do i put it they they wouldn't really be there as far as help-wise, mentally. They was there for the other part. They were there for the other part. So they were there to feed into the instincts. But your, but your, but your family was originally trying to help you through. They're there to like bring, pull you through it. Yeah. My they, want you to, they want you to react in those ways. They want you to do the things that they used to do. Exactly. Exactly. Did you... Man, like your story is really interesting. Like I wonder, did you feel like... Did you identify as like a black sheep? Did you feel like different than everybody else? And then like if you did feel that way, did you like 
kind of encourage the people around you just to treat you how you would want to be treated? Or did they treat you kind of differently because of your experiences? I, I started that way. I started wanting other people to kind of understand, you know, who I am and through that, why I do things so that they can understand me. And then I grew to learn that that's a kind of never-ending battle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you understand certain things within yourself and you do, you know, self-analysis and you're very self-aware, then you don't really necessarily need other people to have that, you know, I guess, pity for you. It took me so long to, to get to that point, like... Yeah, it took me a while to get to that point, and I would, like I said, even through high school, um, I was always trying to, like, you know, trying to get people to realize that my actions are for, you know, it's it's for a reason, not an excuse using, you know, mental illness, but there's a reason why I'm acting a certain way or reacting a certain way. And after a while, like you said, it took a while, but after a while, I realized I know, you know, what I went through, how far I've came. And besides that, it doesn't really matter to me at this point if someone else is going to um, understand that and take that into consideration as far as how they judge me. Because if they don't take me for who I am initially, then there's no point in me wasting time. Because one of my mentors always told me you could always make $5 back, but you could never take five minutes back. Mm. And time is money, and I don't like wasting time. Facts. That's a fact. Um, you're still in touch with this mentor? Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had that. Like I never had a mentor growing up. Like I've had, I guess my grandmother and like my, my mom were like my, my guardian angels, my saviors, like my mentors. But like, I feel like when I ever got into moments of sadness, they would always like, I guess pity me, but like baby me in sense through it. Like they would just say, Oh, it's going to be okay. Blah, blah, blah. But they'd never be honest with me. Mm. And I think I, that's what I really struggled with even growing up now. Like, um, I feel like I don't get honesty as much um, from the people around me. And I don't really know. And sometimes even when I do get it, sometimes I am kind of like defensive because like I'm still not used to it. Because mm-hmm. I'm used to getting babied and getting lied to and shit like that. So Being coddled. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah in a sense, yeah. And that's a very thin line because, yes, of course you want to feel, like you said, accepted. Yeah. Or, you know, you want people to understand you. But it could become detrimental if, like you said, you're coddled to a certain extent and not actually like you said given the honest truth because then when you're given the honest truth it's just like you're so defensive so defensive nothing is getting through and then it's just like who has time for that at least you're aware yeah like when i when i work when i failed and when i got my bumps and bruises i was always like coddled and like um when nowadays i have noticed like for myself when shit doesn't go my way i get upset and uh it's that's not it's not right so (laughs) especially if you had a couple drinks <laughs> Yo, Jeff. Yeah. He's funny when he goes on a tangent. Like I just be laughing because it's just like I understand where he's coming from. So it's just like it's just it's funny sometimes. Yeah, I appreciate you you sharing your story. I definitely want to get more into your, like your story and like your business Absolutely. and all that. But um, Helena, like mm-hmm. no, let's go. You'll go away. last. We're not interviewing though. This it's is not. Yeah, we're still having the same episode. He's just joining in on the conversation. Yeah, like people need to know about him. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, CR, what's like been your recent battle with like confusion, mental health, depression? Been <sighs> man, I was hitting a breaking point in my relationship with my girlfriend because of the long distance, and it was putting a lot of pressure on—not even pressure. I would say more just stress on me 
because there's a, a sense of loneliness that I feel when I can't reach her, you know, and it, it would trigger a rage and I'd be infuriated that I couldn't reach her, but it was deeper than not being able to reach her. After going to therapy, especially my session earlier today, um, we were able to establish that in my relationship, I sometimes look for my significant other to overcompensate for the dismembered relationship that I have with my parents. Mm. And that loneliness, that abandonment, it's rooted in the relationship that I've had with my parents and with all the trauma that I dealt with, uh, with them being evicted and us losing the house when I was in high school and me being homeless, like that feeling I had to repress in order to get through it in that moment. And now it pops up later on as an adult in my relationship. And you're projecting it on her almost. Exactly. Because I expect her to always be available, like subconsciously, you know what I mean? Logically, I know like, that's the thing that was my therapist found very interesting. She said, you have the insight to understand she has a life of her own. She's not going to have her phone attached to her hip. Like, you know, but I can't change that emotional reaction that I get when she doesn't text back or she doesn't pick up my phone call. And I didn't understand. That's when I knew I had to go to therapy because I legit was pissed. Like, I would be mad. So then when she finally does call me back... I have an attitude. I'm being spiteful. I'm being vengeful. And I'm being petty. That was early in our relationship. So I eventually learned that I had to stop doing that. But I still didn't understand why I felt the way I was feeling. And then started taking a mood stabilizer. So I was more or less able to control these zero to 100 reactions. And I was able to actually be like, okay. I kept asking myself, why am I mad? Why am I really mad? Like, logically, why am I mad? Like, you know, she is either with her mom or her phone's on the charger. She's in the other room. Like, she's never ignored me in our relationship. Like, never. And so I realized that it was more or less that uh, feeling of abandonment that I had because, in particular, my mom not being around and not having that female figure that nurturing mother-like figure during some of the hardships of my adolescence, it kind of grew a subconscious resentment towards anything that makes me feel lonely or anything that makes me feel abandoned. I can definitely vibe with the abandonment, but I wonder if it's different between like the gender who you were abandoned by. Like mm. I was abandoned by my, my dad, but like I don't have like any resentment or any like anger towards other guys or anyone like that but because if you felt like abandoned from your parents both parents like your mother included you're probably like, hesitant to be your father you probably feel like you'd be a selfish father you don't know how to do it and stuff like that like that's how yeah. that issue will come into play yeah well it's interesting for me when it comes to my dad it was more or less like it was expect it's like i don't have any expectations from him because i've been disappointed by him so many times it's like my last hope is mom because when my dad wasn't around it was mom and she was there. You know what I'm saying? So it's more or less like, oh, okay, this motherfucker's not around again. So whatever. Yeah. And then that's when that overcompensation comes from the female figure in my life. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I would deal with that. And it was it's not healthy. And another thing that, you know, I had to realize too. So me feeling like this, you know, in my past, I used sex to deal with my loneliness. Like, I didn't realize this until, like, you know, going to therapy and reflecting. I'm like, damn, like, yeah, I'm, I am a horny bastard, 
But a lot of the times I was having sex because I was lonely mm. and I was I just wanted somebody around. It wasn't necessarily just for the sexual pleasure. It was for the companionship. It was like, I don't have anything else to do. I have no one else around. Let me, you know, find you somebody. You probably was using that as a, worth, a worthy chip. Like you felt like, okay, if my sex game is everything in a sense, like I'm worthy, they don't want to stay around. Like that's exactly. how you keep people around. That's how you and keep people so true. to you. And I want to so interview true. one of these girls that you had sex with. You know, that's <laughs> Uh yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll go down the list and find one. Um, but uh, that'd be a funny interview. So like learning that was just like okay, so that makes sense of why I had so much unhealthy behavior when I was single because I was just I was out here like, I didn't care like you know what I'm saying. You wasn't realizing your unhealed trauma yes. was um, come like seeping into your everyday life by everything that you did like, yes. and that's just real. That's why I really wanted to have this episode today about mental health and relationships because of because of what you said over the weekend about um you was gonna tell us about your story about your um rough weekend and everything and it made me start thinking about relationships and mental health and sometimes how if you don't have the proper partner or the the partner for you to understand understand your mental health situation mm-hmm. honest that can possibly empathize with what you're going mm-hmm. through it can just lead to more toxic behavior mm-hmm. to follow mm-hmm. and i agree so my question for everybody at the table is um how does mental health play a part in your picking your partner like, how do you pick your partner based on your mental health needs and issues? Um, or do you even think about your partner? Do you even think about your, your mental health when you're meeting people, when you're picking partners? Do you want to take a stab at that first? or? Um, no, I, well, I don't think about it initially. But, like, as I, I feel like I can get a gauge of a certain person's character and how they would react to me. Because I'm just so self-aware and I understand how I react in certain moments of, like, <laughs> sadness and just overwhelming, like, situations. So I don't think about it initially. But, like... I feel like you can get a gig because I feel like I need a good listener because I'm all, mm-hmm. I like to talk I like to express myself I like to vent so like if I have someone like early on I can guess I can understand is like a good listener and acknowledge that then I think that would play a, 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 that would be really big for me but um I don't know in past relationships like I've only had two relationships where like I've expressed suicidal uh, thoughts and like been on the edge and almost did it but like. And what really, what really got through those got me through those moments was them just sitting there quiet, listening to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I think if I can gauge that you're a good listener early on when I'm speaking to you, even about just me expressing how my day was, uh, I think that's uh, that's important for me more than enough going forward in a relationship. Has anybody ever asked you? And I, I swear I, I hate to do this now because people will think I'm being petty, Betty, because I came in here with the attitude, right? But no, this is just me. Um. You had just mentioned that when you was going through your bouts of depression and, and times you wanted to kill yourself, that you really, those people that you was with, they took the time to sit down and talk to you. Was it the coddling effect, the coddling that you was really needing in that moment? Yeah, I, I think I did need someone just to know. I needed to know that someone like gave a fuck. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, I've, I've always acknowledged like um, the, the clock that we all have, the expiration date that we all have on this planet. And I always like pay attention to it very closely. And I always acknowledge mine because I feel like I want to do a certain amount of things and leave a certain amount behind for people to give a fuck about. So, like, I think I need that that attention. I need that because I feel like I've been – I feel like because of my introverted nature, I've been overlooked so many times. So when I get that attention, it does feel really good. Mm-hmm. It feels, like, warming. It feels healing. It feels necessary for me. Like, I need that. Mm-hmm. So you – so, because I, but, but again, like, I'm aware, like, me being introverted and not really interacting growing up and, like, 
accepting all the, the beat ups and the, the the jokes and shit like that. Like I'm aware, like me going into my show. I, don't know, like, I feel like a little bit with you is more of a. Um, I don't want to say. I don't think it's more introverted, but more a uh, lack of confidence growing up. That too. That yeah. caused you mm. to put yourself in a higher way. And make you say, you know what? I don't want to interact with y'all because I don't want to get let down and feel like y'all don't want to interact with me. And I compare myself to like everyone, even to this day. Like I compare myself to other podcasts, and you know, yeah, y'all know. But like, mm-hmm. it's just I've always paid attention to other people more than myself. I feel. And and uh, yeah, so because this is yeah, cause it's, because this is such a mental health episode, it begs me to a- ask you: what, When will you stop self self sabotaging? When I feel like I've done it. Whatever that is, like when I feel like I feel proud of something that I've done, everything I've done up to this point, I feel like anyone, not anyone could do, but like it's it's possible, right? My ego? Yes. Yeah. Yep. You don't pet your ego enough. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of ego issues. You want your ego to be, like, you want, when you say you want to be remembered and, you know, and and leave something, you have this legacy you want to leave behind. I'm not sure if this is just your selfless, your selfless nature of wanting to leave all the knowledge and wisdom that you've learned throughout the years behind, or you just feel you need to be immortalized for something before you die. Uh, it's both. It's it's kind of both because the fucking hobo on the corner, if he dies, nobody's gonna give a fuck. But he may have had a great life, a great story, but no one will know. And I think that's just so sad. Yeah. And I feel like I've given myself and pisses myself. Position myself in a way where I can have people watch me and hear me finally and like actually pay attention to me and give a fuck about me. So, yeah, like I want to do everything I can to be remembered, but like I do want to help. Like, I, I want people to use my story and my struggle to avoid having these thoughts and use, use me as an example of what not to be. Like, don't think, don't think as negative as I do. Like, be better, be greater. Like, and even like. And honestly, that's like kind of one of my big fears of like having kids, because like I, I don't, I'm not really sure if like depression and just whatever this is is like a hereditary. But like, and I know you can't avoid that shit, but like I really fear that like my kids one day will inherit that, and you know I don't want them to avoid the struggle, but like I don't want them to be, I don't want them to have suicidal thoughts, I don't want them to get to the darkness I've been through. So like, everything I'm doing is selfless and selfish at the same time. I feel it's a perfect balance. I feel. It's a, bit, it's a bit 50-50, I feel. Can I take a stab at that first question? Yes, go right ahead. So that was just a contingent of Jeff because it was something I was noticing as he was popping, as he was talking. So no. That's all that was. Um, I feel like I said too much. No, you didn't. You Come on. You're good. Um, but no, nah, like, I always told myself because I did, I was in a relationship one time with somebody who was actually more, like, quote, unquote, fucked up than me. <laughs> and then right? you sitting back like, fuck. I'm like, hell no, I ain't doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love you, but I can't do this shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? So after that, I told myself one thing that is critical for any relationship, she has to be more stable than me. Like, you, ha- she has to be. Like, my girlfriend is so solid. Like, she, under- she knows herself very well. Like, she still has to work on things. But <clears throat> where I'm lacking, she already has... Uh, not mastered or perfected, but have worked on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, where she needs help is, like, her anger and stuff. But her, you know, depression and sadness, like, she already has that um, point. So when I'm going through what I'm going through, she can be patient. Like, in a beginning relationship, she was way more patient than me. Like, everything I was lacking, she already had. You know what you are? What? You're a flight risk to women. What do you mean? 
I think I kind of get what she means. You're a flight risk yeah. to women. Tell me. So I'm going to say this. So one thing about I, I want to say about mental health and the people we draw to us, the people who people who suffer from mental health issue, issues, you kind of generally draw about four different type of people to you. Mm-hmm. So you draw the person. I wrote all this shit out. Trust me. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. This is interesting. We ain't got notes, y'all. I've never seen, I've seen that. I mean, like I, know I said, I was supposed to do the whole episode, but you know, you try to style on me, so you know. I mean, you were late. Oh, but my you know, God. we'll talk about that after the show because I have a lot to say about you being late. Oh, um, fifteen minutes, and I said you, you give other. Th- I'm not even gonna go there with you, but let's go. Oh, flight risk. Yeah, flight flight risk. You are a flight risk. Don't I'm about know. to be a flight risk. <laughs> <laughs> you came on the wrong day, bro. <laughs> so you know, people who gravitate people with mental health issues are either suffer from a trauma themselves. So you trauma bond is either someone who has the need to control their environment, and that includes even their friends. And it's okay, and in, in their mind, it's okay because they think they're the fixer that mm. they can solve everybody's problem. Or someone who's a natural healer and voluntarily wants to help because they consider and know that that's a part of their journey. Or a healer who hasn't yet grasped the concept of healing and tries to heal you, but in the process gets sucked into your own vortex of issues because they're doing it out of an ego presence and they come out ten times worse than you do. So these are the type of people that you do, like, that naturally gravitates towards people in a sense with mental health issues. So you are a flight risk. And you, the flight risk you are is the gardener and the flower. Mm. So she's gonna make you beautiful, mm-hmm. only for somebody to come in her garden and pick the flower and take you away. Mm. That's her biggest fear. Mm. And she said that to me, and it's funny because that is a great segue into what transpired later on when um, I told her that I don't know if I could be in an exclusive relationship in a long distance situation, mm-hmm. and. I told her that we should continue this journey as friends. Huge mistake. Um, she was just like, what the fuck? Like, she was really mad. Later on, it was like, more or less, she was upset because she thought I was demoting her and putting her in a space where I would treat her just like a regular friend and not as the partner, the lover that we've known each other to be. Mm-hmm. Three years so, is a long time. Yeah, so that's what really yeah, hurt her. I have her. this thing on time, but I, I'm one of those people, I have no sense of time because time is all made up. So you tell me three years is a long time, I'm looking at you like, that's 15 years is a long time. Right. Three about 15 years, minutes. Because at the end of the that's day, it takes too. you two, it really takes you two years, three years to really get to know somebody. Yeah, yeah. So if you do not make it past the three year mark, it was because you wasn't supposed to make that's it. A t- that's a statistic in psychology. It, it, it takes three years to know if you're going to be with that person. It takes, yeah. like, I feel like, like the way people change up you're like at the end of the day people change every day if you're lucky and you're growing you're changing every day you're changing yeah. constantly so who you meet today will not be who you know three months from now because yeah. if they're doing life proper well i don't want to say proper the correct way but if they're steady growing. elevating and growing and getting to know themselves they're inside and out they're going to elevate yeah they're going to evolve so, so with that mm-hmm. being said you have to have check-ins yeah. in relationships like you can't be with somebody for two years straight three years straight without having 18 check-ins to see where you're at mentally with each other. And so, like, with this whole situation, 
I explained to her that I, I, I loved her and I still wanted her in my life. I still wanted to have at least a real friendship. I basically wanted the same relationship that we had. That's exactly the words that she said. She said, from a female's perspective, it sounds like you want your cake and you want to eat it too. Mm -hmm. And I'm honest enough. That's what I was saying, that I had a revelation. I was living in my truth. I said, maybe this is really who I am. Like, yes, I love you and I want us to build. But until we can eliminate the obstacle of distance, I want to be able to have sex with other people. I want an open relationship. And I'm fine with her having her, you know, she has a scratch, she needs to get an itch, do your thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm liberal enough to to to, to have that, and I trust and her enough to know that we have a connection that's beyond the physical. So regardless, like, I know we'll be, we would be good, but for her, she was like, you know, I'm only attracted to you sexually. Like, yeah, I see other guys, and I might think they're cute, but sexually, I need familiarity. I need somebody that I care about. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I hear you. And like for a male, like I, I, I don't know if this is a lack of empathy or what it is, some kind of gene in us. But I can just have sex with somebody and not have any feelings for that person, mm-hmm. and still be in love with somebody totally different. Mm-hmm. And I told her that it'd be literally nothing but sex. And for her, once she heard that. It was just so crazy. This is what really drew me back to her. She was willing to accept my truth and accept me as I was. And she was willing to make that compromise. As long, yeah, because in her head, as long as it's nothing more than physical and yes. you're getting all the emotional, mental, and spiritual from her and you're yeah. doing together, it's okay. But my thing to you is why open Pandora's box? But let me finish. Because you have some females where... We may say, and I'm, I'm speaking just because I'm a Virgo. We may say, Me too. Ow. So you already know the, the mind of a Virgo. Mm-hmm. We may want our partner to be safe and secure and feel good, but it's just like you never want to give us too much room, room to roam. Yeah. Because once so, I have that okay to like meet other people, mm-hmm. and like she said, she's not going to physically just go out there and fuck somebody. Mm-hmm. But what you did now, you opened the door for somebody else out there to give her flowers. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest with you, I wasn't afraid of that because I'm not afraid of change and I'm, I'm not afraid of the possibility that somebody else might be a better fit for it. Same re- same thing with me though, right? Because that's life, right? You can't sit here and, and, and cut off all possibilities and I feel like if we persevered past but that... Can, can you but not let, cut off but, all possibilities? But let me finish, okay. all right? So my, my perspective is, right... You leave that open, and let's say you guys make it through all that and still end up together. Tell me that that relationship wouldn't be a million times stronger than if that curiosity was never solved or, or satisfied. No, definitely. I agree. And that, that's my perspective on it. But regardless, that's not what happened, right? <laughs> that's why I was like, let me not get too deep because that's not even what happened. So um, after I told her that, she was totally receptive to it. And she was like, look, as long as I'm the main bitch, as long as you use protection... And all that, she was just like, I don't care, like, because I love you and I want to be with you. And it was the first time I ever got that type of energy from a female. And I'll tell you right now, that shit was sexy as hell. Because it was like her confidence was on another level because she was relieved that that's what it was, that it was just, okay, he wanted to, that's all, he just wanted to get his nut off or whatever. Even though I know she was making a compromise because that's not what she wants. She obviously doesn't want me to be physically with anybody else. So it was just like, when she said that, though, that feeling of wanting to sleep with other people just suddenly disappeared, right? And then that's made me start to question, why did I want to sleep with other people to even to begin with? And it brings me back to my abandonment issues and me using sex to fill that void. Right. 
It's not genuinely me wanting to have sex with other females. Like, yeah, like I'm attracted to. Get I love a body pillow and rub it out. Huh? It's like get you a body pillow and just rub it out. Like, sit down. Well, not rub it out. Sometimes it takes. Bro, once you, honestly, once you get that, know. once you hit that nut off, like everything becomes yeah, clear. Like, yeah, yeah. That, it's true. Yeah. So it was just like once once she said that to me, and then how many I, times you, you invited somebody over, you got your nut, and you just said, Ugh, "Get out!" Just and I told her that. Get the fuck out. Don't touch that. me. Yeah, Don't get touch out. Me. Get Countless out. times. Countless yeah. times. Like, but if you just would have took the time to get a little self love going on, you'd be mm-hmm. like, "Oh, yeah, great. I'm going to bed now." A little bit of self love has stopped a lot of men from a lot of bad decisions. You know? Bro, X videos are a click away, bro. <laughs> but long story short, she was receptive to it and it made me open up. To the fact that she truly loves me, and she was willing to make that compromise, and it just made me say, you know what? Like after a couple of days of thinking about it, for some reason, even when I was like scrolling, because when I scroll on my timeline, it looks like a fucking porno. I'm just looking. I'm just like, you the light king, bro. You under every chick light, <laughs> bro. I got collections. We follow the same chick too, bro. Like I be seeing CR nine away. Like, I, I have collections. Like I hate when I go into explore page and I be seeing the um the females. I be like, yo, I hate when one of my male. I'm like, yo, y'all really be liking this? Like I look at it, but I be like, I'm not liking it. I be double tapping all day. <laughs> you taking the likes away, shit. so you be good soon. You be I good. Be double tapping, but um, yeah, just I don't know. I think I'm growing into the space where I realized that that wasn't genuinely me wanting to have sex with people to have sex. It was because I was lonely. Because I started realizing the only times I really wanted to have sex with other girls was when I couldn't reach her. Or when she wasn't reachable, that's when I'm just like, man, I wish I had some hoes. I wonder if you would reach this conclusion without therapy. I feel like therapy was kind of your saving grace in this situation. I feel the same way, and I feel like uh, it probably would take longer. This is why therapy works. Yeah, this yeah. Is this is works. like a true testament to therapy mm-hmm. works. It is. And this is only my third session. You know, third really? It's only my third session. Jeez. So how do you go about finding your partner when you're picking a partner? Um, I would say I would. De- I'm definitely the opposite. Like when I'm looking. If I find somebody that I'm interested in or anything, um, my mental health is probably the first thing that I think about mm. because I always have the apprehension that my carnal instincts are not going to be understood by my partner. Mm-hmm. And then to unload a whole history of mental health and, uh, you know, going over obstacles and trials and tribulations just so like that they can understand why I'm acting a certain way or whatever the case. That's the a, makings of you. That's a big thing that I think about, you know, when, when I'm going into, you know, a potential relationship or if I like somebody, like that's probably one of the first things I think about because, you know, everybody wants to be understood. Yes. You know, everybody wants to be understood. And when I was younger, um, I, I would have to admit that I was I was a smooth talker. <laughs> I had the gift of gab, so uh, I was very much physical and almost to an animalistic extent, Ooh. to the point where it was more about. Um, That's the smooth way I ever heard somebody say what he just said without saying. I the know, way. like <laughs> damn, niggas, that was so. Smooth. And by the way, niggas with the knuckle tattoos get all the girls. Yeah. All the girls. I'm looking at all y'all. Yo, I've been staring at his tattoos, tattoos the whole time. Like, knuckle yo, tattoos get all the girls. He looks cool yo. as hell. I swear, I never been a Jew with knuckle tattoos. <laughs> it never cool got girls. So I believe that everybody should self heal before you welcome somebody else. Hold on, hold on. Can we ask you that question? Yes, Lainey. Oh, she, she tried to dodge the question. I'm going to dodge the question because I'm not looking for nothing. I'm not. I don't. I don't think I'm really looking for a partner. But when you are, I'm. I'm not, and it's hard to answer that question because I am completely not focused on a partner or anything. Honestly, I wouldn't even know where to start. I don't even know what I want anymore. Mm. 
Like, I'm, I'm at that stage in my life. That's I'm a huge truth. It's mm-hmm. just like, I don't even think I want to... It's something that somebody told me a long, long time ago. I am a woman of affairs. Mm-hmm. And I've embraced that to the point where it's just like, if I have it my way, I will be in the fucking jungle in my hut and I'll take on a lover every six months or so. And that's that animalistic... Uh, I don't even think it's animalistic because it's not about pure. It's not about pure sex. It's just about we can be intimate in other ways. But I don't want you to stay forever. You want that liberation? Yes. I, I feel the same way, and that's where I was in my mind, and I felt like I was living in my truth in that moment when I made that decision to say that I wanted to be open. That's why I said, "Yeah, I know I was about to open Pandora's box," but at the same time, was I not going to live in my truth just for that? But I, okay, so I think okay. Were you always like this, or did something happen to shift you down this path of no, just wanting to be with no. yourself more than other people? No, well, no. It, it, it really depends. Like, I can't really answer that question either, because if I say, oh, I was with somebody, and then my heart was broken, and I, it would make it seem like this is why I'm like this. But no, deep down inside, like, when I see myself, and I see myself in my happiest and truest form, I am one by myself twirling under the moonlight. And if there's somebody there with me, and we're naked, and we're just, like, dancing and just honoring our true selves without even on the physical plane of intimacy of like that thrusting that y'all think about is just something deeper than but that's animalistic because it's not so much about um marking territory because animals also do migrate and in the animal kingdom uh monogamy is very seldom to a very few but I species feel like in the, the beginning of human in the beginning of human human life, monogamy is something that we placed on us. We we, we put that on. Yeah, that's a construct. Like, yeah, sure. that's a for construct. Sure. Like nobody really is meant to be monogamous in a sense because if we're always growing and love evolving, then so is our love and so is our love for other people mm-hmm. and our, our needs and the things that we need around us. Mm-hmm. And it's just I would never say that I don't believe in that there's one person for another person. I believe there is one plus one. But there is more than one love, though. There is more than one love, and I do feel like sometimes you meet all. It's like that 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 Bronx tale. You're from the Bronx. I love the Bronx. The Bronx tale. You only get three greats. Yeah, three soulmates. Three. So if I got, if if you let me tell, I got my all three already. Mm. Mm. Same. I feel like I had my my third. So I I was married. I had my the love of my life, my soulmate, my twin flame. I had all that, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. So I, so there's sometimes I do feel like people just will not never compare to what I want and what I'm used to, and it's just like I don't have time to teach anybody. And I, yeah, I, that goes back to exactly what I was saying is that like you don't have time to unload yeah, everything have, yeah, on somebody else. Unload teachers like we can vibe out together, be mystical ones in the stars, and that's fine and cool and everything. But I don't want that construct of. This is the label. This is what we're gonna do, and this is what it has to be. I want everybody to be able to go and come and live in free. This has to be like. A, yeah. Are you open to anything different than that type of life? Like, like, what if someone just so extraordinary entered your life? Uh, Please, like that person is so extraordinary with five billion dollars and a legacy that will never run out. <laughs> the fuck? Sorry, like that's I mean, just my mental right now. Also, yeah. like, I don't think. No. There's nothing that can shift your perspective on the way you feel now. About love? Yeah, and just make you think differently and yeah, wanting more than the six months, the five months, whatever. I'm not saying that it has to be just six months or yeah, five months. Yeah, I know, months. but it, like. It can go to infinity and beyond. Because real love never really dies. Like, you can love somebody forever. Well, yeah, love is never. energy. Energy is never created yeah, or so destroyed, it just transfers. Thank you, it just transfers. So, 
I don't know. Love like uh, looking for a partner, partner like the way I. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in that headspace. So I, that's why I, said I can't answer that question properly because mm. I'm not in that headspace. Like, I would really like to know the first marriage and the longest marriage, like or like just connection, relationship, whatever. Because like if these are really construct things and like monogamy, like then it has to be someone who set this at the bar, right? Yeah. Someone who has been together for like 25 years and then mm. died together. You have, you have you have you have those stories of great love where people have been together forever and one when one dies the other one dies a week after mm-hmm. like there's definitely stories like that even in history books like you have Egyptian love like that fucking the mummy tried to give you some bullshit like that yeah I mean we spoke about this what was it yesterday mm-hmm. uh, we touched on this um, briefly actually not briefly we spoke for yeah. a few hours actually about you know relationships and stuff about you know his long distance relationships and you know things that I've gone through and. Um, in the past, I was, like I said, more of a, just, I was looking oh. for satisfaction, you know, to be <laughs> satisfied. Instant yeah. gratification. Yeah. Like, I was looking for instant gratification yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, relationship after relationship, uh, whether it was six months, two years, three years, three months. Like you said, I don't really believe in time the same way I, other people do mm-hmm. because you could be with somebody for five years, and then break up, and then... Uh, three months later, you meet somebody, and in that first hour of hanging out with them, you have the same core yeah, purity mm-hmm. of of just attraction. love and yeah, attraction. attraction. I wonder if that, yeah, but I wonder if that's due to you seeking that after the breakup. Like, so the thing is, is it just is, a natural thing, or is it just you, something you're seeking and you in your mind? That's what you're telling yourself. That's what it is. Once you really mentally not. think that, the universe sends it to you. Yeah, okay. that's the law of attraction. Absolutely. Right. That's a fact. Yeah, is. damn. Yeah. So it's just like you say that, but then we forget that that one thing. Once you think it, it, it comes to it you. Comes once, to and especially once you make up your mind, you, you have that, um, you make that decision, the, especially if it's a decision that resonates with your purpose and your soul journey, the universe will give you a, they will throw you a nickel yeah. to let you know that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Paragraphs, whereas I do believe you should self heal before welcoming others into your relationship. What are some of the things we as ba- or you as basic humans crave? Because I feel like we all have the, the three C's: communication, company, and consolidation. What are some of the things you crave where you're not coupled up or you're not being social? Wait, so what do we crave? What are the three C's again? Company, communication, and consolidation. I would say, for me, probably be company and communication. (laughs) Bless you. Thank you. It doesn't have to stick to the three C's. It could go beyond the three C's, but I feel like those are like some of the human basic necessities that you do need. When I feel lonely. So when you're not coupled up or when you're not feeling social and you're you're going through a moment of depression, what are some of the things you crave in that moment? I I think personally, me, I crave that, that, uh, that nurturing that comfort i need comfort like i don't need nobody to really talk to me i just need somebody to like cuddle with be there and be there like that's who like my girl just give a fuck and my girl is that person because it's just like she don't gotta talk she's a very good listener and that shit is amazing because sometimes i don't want to talk sometimes 
we don't have to say anything to each other. We just know what type of energy it is, and we just hug each other and, and we you embrace know, each other. People will say that's love right there, and that's yeah. how you know that's who you're supposed to be with mm-hmm. because the silence is not distracting to neither one of you, or you feel you have to fill it with empty noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from my perspective, I, I'm not a perfect individual. Like I'm not the, the bar for like the ideal human being, but I feel like I, I, I've been more selfless with my my love for everyone that's ever entered my life, and um, I feel like I never genuinely ever got it back, at least until now, like with you guys and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, so like that's what I want. I just want. I just I crave that attention, that 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 uh, that caring. Like just care, just care. I want someone to tell me and acknowledge and check on me. Like care about me and uh, just ask. Like I don't know. I'm actually glad you you brought that up because we had the conversation like beforehand. I was like you said self sabotaging a lot of my relationships mm-hmm. due to just you know. A uh, 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 numerous variables and you know not that I'm looking for a relationship or looking for companionship or anything of that nature at the moment but I have to at least try and see if maybe being monogamous <laughs> and being completely you know um, devoted to one person something. is something that I might need to um you know, change and, you know, convert into in order to make that happen. Because contrary to popular belief, uh, you know, every man needs a woman. Yeah. You know, like... And I, and I, say, I, feel, and I hate to feel like I'm such against relationships and all that shit, but I do really believe in the one plus one. I do I feel do like too. there's somebody made just out there just for you. Because look at... Perfect example would be, shout out uh, Will Smith and Jada. My girl Perfect refers example. to them all they, the time. Yes. All the time. Perfect example. Will Smith has a great video, um, and he says that, you know, it's almost selfish to expect someone else to make you happy if you mm. can't make yourself happy. Mm. And they went through trials and tribulations in their relationship, and they, quote unquote, had their open relationship for years. And he says himself, they had that open relationship, and after a while, they realized that it's not my job to make you happy. If you're not happy within yourself, and I'm not happy within myself, how the hell are we supposed to be happy together? Exactly. There's no way. Contrary contrary to popular belief, two halves don't make a fucking whole. No. Mm -hmm. You're not a half. You are a whole individual. Mm -hmm. individual. You are a whole person. And you don't need somebody else to make you whole. You have to come whole in your relationship. If you're not whole in your relationship, all you're going to do is sabotage that mm-hmm. shit and be toxic. And you don't. And, you, and you're sitting here having this whole "woe is me" attitude, thinking that the person's hurting you, but you're hurting yourself because you're not realizing and admitting yourself the truth that you are not fixed, you are not healed. And I don't want to say fixed like you're a fucking dog, but yeah. you're not healed. You have traumas that you're still living in, and you're still repeating this generational curses that's still letting you astray, and you're not wanting to do the, the inner work. Mm-hmm. To like to heal, yeah, I would say fix the game. I'm like, you're not my dog. I but fix no, my that's, dog. That's major facts because that's why I constantly said since I went to DR and came back, I'm on my journey. I'm on my healing journey of healing right now. After getting back from DR, by the way. No, I'm not gonna lie. My shit came for me when I came back from Mexico in 2015. I had like, and I don't after know, getting back from Mexico. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. I went to Mexico and came. I was just like, yo, what the? Fuck? I think it's that. When you're in a totally different environment, you have the opportunity to create a new perception. It's almost like you're now able to look at your life from third-person view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're in a whole other country. You're like, okay, so laying me back home, 
this is what she's dealing with. You know what I'm saying? I'm not being on the plane right. I'm just like, are you in love? And she's just like, and no. That, and I'm just that like, that terrifies people mm-hmm. to get out their comfort zone mm-hmm. and like see things from from like third almost third like third. an out of body experience, mm-hmm. kinda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It that terrifies people. It does. Complacency kills, and like it ruins it ruins a lot of opportunities. Like I was kind of like that for a bit. Like I wouldn't even wear certain things because out of fear of like how I would look to other people and how mm-hmm. I'd feel wearing this shirt or whatever. But um. Yeah, I went to Paris and Barcelona. I didn't come back feeling how you guys felt. But uh, I think what made me feel like, I guess, more sure of my journey and myself like is constantly putting myself in situations like, like this, like a podcast. Like a year ago, I couldn't speak to you and look at you in your eyes, I feel, confidently yeah, and without stuttering. And uh, so I, I think doing something I was extremely passionate about brought the real me out and brought my comfort level to the surface do you think that there was a specific um not event but like a specific time period that kind of you uh, know, made you realize that like she said you know when she got back from mexico he got I, back I, from dr i think when like my the original 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 person i was doing this podcast with dropped out well not dropped out uh in my mind uh let me down and betrayed me uh he left mm-hmm. to do his own thing i think that was the sole motivation at first outside of wanting to help people was to prove that person wrong and to show him you dropped off uh, at the bad t- at a right wrong time because I was on the up. Mm-hmm. I knew this is going to be where it's at now. I knew we would have the followers we would have now. I knew we would have the listeners in fucking Kenya like we have now. Yeah. Uh, so I think that moment was really like when he left and I had, was forced to do it on my own. I think that was the reason that was the... The, the situation that set me on this path of just focus and uh, have forcing myself into extroverted situations because yeah. it's it, it's uncomfortable for me at times and uh, it's nerve wracking. So I think that was the moment that uh, shifted my perspective on relationships too. Because like after that moment, like I really kind of was the one to focus on doing it on myself. And uh, then I met uh, Lee. She's a, another podcaster engineer here. And then CR, I reconnected with him. Like I started realizing again that all everyone isn't bad, you know. Everyone yeah. isn't. Everyone is. There's some people that are in your corner genuinely, and um, yeah, that was definitely the moment that uh, set me up. I think I my now. huge defining moment was I went to Tomorrowland in 2012. Um, if you know, all the viewers don't know yeah. what Tomorrowland is, it's a huge um, international festival in Belgium. Mm. I was contracted with Pacha at the time, and they sent me out there with uh, our promotion group, and it's over 100,000 people that go from all over the world. It's a six-day festival, well, five days, and the last day it's party day. But um, just seeing the camaraderie between people, and it's a mixture of, it's an EDM, you know, festival. But, a lot of psychedelics. Yeah, a lot of psychedelics, a lot of, you know, drugs. A lot of good music. Jealous. A lot of good music, but the thing about it is... It's a free zone. It, yes. Like, everybody was there for the same reason. Love. Love, yeah. yeah. Love. Love. And it was insane because, you know, I was by people with flags from Norway, from from Egypt, from all over the world. And they were no... I, I didn't see not one fight the whole time I was there. Mm. 
I didn't see uh, altercation. And you would think people on drugs, psychedelics, doing all this crazy stuff. No, they're good. They were absolute. It was Peaceful. it was amazing. And I'm thinking to myself, like, wow. Like, they weren't there ready to have a good trip. It's only when you're having bad trips because you're already depressed doing drugs. You're and, supposed it, to and, yeah. and it intensifies And, and yeah. even the bad trip people, like, I remember, because um, there was, you know, there's multiple tiers of how you can stay. Like you could, they have like a campsite almost where most people stay in like these teepee-like oh, like um, package deals. Yeah, like, like Burning Man or something like yes, that. Yes, like okay. yeah, you, not it, fire festival. No, not fire no, festival. no, 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 not <laughs> definitely not, definitely not fire festival. Um, definitely not fire festival. Funny thing was, I, I was a, a VIP Magnesis member when the fire festival was happening. Oh, and you had I, one of them cards. Yeah. Wow. Oh, shit. Did you meet Billy? I was one of their find, founding members, and I was you, okay. Is this we need to do back for a whole nother interview. <laughs> I I was one of the to remember the show. I ain't gonna hold you. I almost <laughs> I almost met I almost went to this festival. Like I almost paid and everything and yeah. I was and I, I actually was gonna go for free because I was helping the, the brand itself grow. And I ended up getting contracted through Ty Group to go to LA. So it the, the money made more sense to go to LA. Right. And then that whole debacle happened, and then, you know, I saw it's steeply declining. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, going back to, like, Tomorrowland, it was, it, was, it was incredible to see the love that was given unconditionally to people that you didn't even know. Yeah. And then when I came back, I kind of adopted that philosophy when I came back, and it, it helped me because I thought to myself, like, wow, there's people out there that aren't, necessarily looking to manipulate you because when I you know in my younger ages I'd have to admit I was a very manipulative person mm. because I knew um for better or for worse and not to sound braggadocious but I was extremely more intelligent than everybody else so it was easy for me to manipulate people That's to that Virgo shit, yo. it was very easy for it is <laughs> it was very easy for me to manipulate people to get what I wanted or to get what I needed and then since I was able to turn off that switch of empathy and sympathy. I didn't have to worry about the Guilt. backlash yeah. of Guilt. after, yeah. you know, I was done manipulating them. But when I came back, I thought to myself, like, there's people out there that, like, don't, aren't expecting anything else. And I think that core, core mentality is, like, so pivotal that people, for, people don't, people assume that everyone's expecting something from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly not the truth. I mean, yeah. yes, most, you know. Most people, yeah. Most but. people are. But there are people out there who just want to give unconditional advice and love. Like I had to learn that. <laughs> really yeah, learn and that. I feel like, okay, and I don't, I don't, I hate, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like that whole tit for that tack thing is um, something that people should frown upon because at the end of the day, it is you wash my what's that stupid phrase? I don't want nobody touching my body, but you wash my back, I wash your back, and yeah. together we wash the face or some bullshit. Oh, and one hand washes the other, yeah. and both hands wash the face. Sorry to cut you off really quick, but when we when when I first met him, you had a we, whole conversation. We in, yeah, yes, I see. When we were in the lift and uh, we were speaking, and I brought it up, and I was Wait, like, "Wait, can I say something? This was a lift meet." Yes. yes. I yeah. met the craziest Literally. people from Lyft, bro. If you were on time, you would have known that. Oh, my God. Oh. The petty no, podcast that strikes that again. Me. I had to say it. Oh. I had to, I had to because say it. he doesn't, that's the ego with him. And this is why I tell him every time, like, at the end of the day, Helena just, oh, you know what it Continue is. Continue what you were saying, bro. So, you know, I told him, I was like, you know, we definitely have to link up after this. You know, one hand washes the other. 
and then I was about to say both hand washes the face, and, and he said it, and so it was just like majority majority of people yeah. have no idea that there's another part of that phrase. Mm-hmm. You know, they hear one hand washes the other, and that's it. And then usually I hit them with the both hand washes their face, and it's like, oh, oh man. You hitting you know me with some too. knowledge. You so woke. Like, yeah, exactly. You so woke. Like, <laughs> but I'm like, it, did you do you guys not know the other end of that? Like the I whole do. So it is just like and, and I, you know, I hate for people to be like, oh, there's people out there who always expected things to be turned because sometimes that's just the way the natural mm-hmm. that's just the natural order of the world and of the universe. It's just like you want, you do, you do, you want. Yeah. Period. Yeah, on some level, it's always going to be transactional. But there are there, there's certain things that you should just give for free, regardless. I, and that's and I, always I, I, knowledge I that. and wisdom. Like, it, that should always be free. Being there for somebody else should always be free. Just being a listening person or a caring yeah. person, it doesn't take you but five minutes to just show somebody you care sometimes. And to me, that's the stuff that I give, especially with my lift writers. Like, really? I can't tell you how many times I've had great conversations and people gone through a crazy day. Like, yesterday when I was working, right? There was a girl who got in my car. I don't know what was wrong with her, but she was just crying her eyes out. And I knew she didn't want to talk about it, obviously, because I'm a stranger. But it was enough for me to turn around and I grabbed some napkins and I just said, here. And then she grabbed it. She's like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that means know, a lot to but her. But it prior. meant so much to her. And then it before does. she left, I said, I don't know what you're going through, but you're going to be all right. But it's that unconditional, like, you know, quote unquote love that, that some people have. For yeah, a, for, for exactly just, just like because the they they know it's not about they they know the selfless part of the journey of their mission mm-hmm. and this is why I say that you have natural healers who know that everything is is it's not about us it's mm-hmm. about the the people we're here to heal and I and feel like that's my, that my part of my journey thing. and I always tell people that's when we had that conversation before it's like. Jesus did what he did because that's what he was what he had to do. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure if I was Jesus, be like, yo, nigga, you really want me to go on this cross right now? Like, the fuck? I got to do all this for mm-hmm. who? These ungrateful ingrates? Like, mm-hmm. fuck these can people. I, can I say, but though, he like... he did it anyway. I, I feel like um, there's, like, a real divide. Like, there's real interactions, like, which you had in your lift between you two mm-hmm. and uh-huh. every interaction you had. And there's interactions that people only have through this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's kind of taken over. And I think, like, the divide is really becoming... More of like a takeover from the phones. Like people are expecting more. People like when they, they don't get a certain amount of likes or a certain amount of attention on a post. But that's or whatever. their insecurity. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a material thing. But what that's I'm saying the, is that's like the majority now, nowadays. But and that's and that's the okay. And those are the people who still have a lot of healing. Yes. And growing to do because yes. if you're looking on social media for validation, something is highly wrong with you. But what I'm saying and is I'm I don't think sure. they can. Or they can, but like so they everybody well, can. I think everybody can. It's hard. It's hard. I can admit and it's not that. Hard. I want to. Like, I, I hate when people say it's hard because, you know, I really wish that somebody just breaks into the system and just shut everybody's phone off. Well, well you have to think. You have to think about it like this, also, just to play devil's advocate. Um, you know, people of later generations, like our age, right? Where? How old are you? I'm sorry. I'm 27. So um, I'm not that age. So, if you don't mind me asking. I'm going to be 33 in September. So, but, I come from the generation of not being on, in the computer like Yeah. You. So I was like, on the dial-up in the generation. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Like, like you if know, I'm the one to use the phone, I cannot go on the internet. That yeah. Day. Yeah. Like, yeah. Over. No, yeah. And I, I think, you know, I think anybody that was born, you know, from, you know, 1991 to, you know, like the 80s, they were in that transitional stage yeah. where they understand personal interaction and 
Technology, social interaction. Yeah. But now kids who are grown up now, let's say anywhere from like even 21 and younger, mm-hmm. all they know is social gratification. Per, just, person to person gratification is, is not really... Um, is not really pivotal to them mm-hmm. because they can have a conversation with a beautiful woman face to face and she could be giving them hints and talking to them and and they're just like since they're not getting exactly what they're looking for they can let that go but they'll let you know somebody who, who likes six of their pictures slide in their dm and we do have, all this stuff we're in this we're in, the, we're in this horrible era of look at me look at me and then Instant gratification, and you want what you kind of... I feel like nobody realizes and nobody remembers you have to... And I hate to be the bitch to say this. Date in your league. Mm-hmm. Do you think social media like kind of leveled the playing field? <laughs> they or in their the mind? Play, yeah, they fucked up the playing field because now you have all these filters and shit. And mm-hmm. you meet these people when they got to take a shower. I'm not going to lie. My ex-wife, I love you to death. If you ever listen to me, baby, you know I love you to death. Like me and you, we, you, still not, you still don't fuck with me, but you know I fuck with you. But, you know, when I first met her, she took that makeup off. I was just like, yo. Mm. Like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? Yeah. And I remember people always saying, like, we look like sisters. I'd be like, yo, y'all don't know what she looked like without this makeup. Like, don't compare her to me. Mm. But that was my ego talking. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even my my, my true self. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, it, it really is sad where I do look at women. I just be like, yo, if I do this to your face, if I do that to your face, you probably won't look like that. And when I, it's to the point where I do meet women with no makeup or this, it's such a breath of fresh air. I'm just like, yeah. oh my God, that's yeah. your Na- ass. You got a natural beauty. Nachos? Yeah. I Come love here, that. That's my favorite girl. type of beauty. No, yeah. Yeah. That's just our natural, like, Fuck the I contour. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, fuck the shit. contour. But bitch, please highlight. You know, I like that. Glow. I think the I don't fe- know what that means, but yeah. I think the female, like oh, the go, female yeah. form, is probably the most attractive yes. in sweatpants, uh, baggy t-shirt. Yes. Uh, put you that know, little hair, away. I'm not gonna lie. Hair up. Please, yes. Uh, no makeup. She got a cup of coffee. She's yeah. eating a bacon, egg, and cheese. Yes. And it's she's point where we don't dogging know it. Real be- we don't know real beauty anymore. We forgot what real beauty looks like to the point where, as we watch kids grow up, you see blue eyes. Well, I don't want to use blue eyes because she's she's Beyonce's daughter. I feel like I can't be. But we we gonna talk about Northwest because her mother had enough plastic surgery, mm-hmm. but yeah. there is a difference. Absolutely, when she looks like old Kim, and she looks like Kanye because he. Well, he got with some lipo, nothing really changed there. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say? Where yeah. We no longer know what real beauty is that to the point where we do, when you, especially men, when y'all do see women with no makeup, no, this is just like, oh my God, bitch, you got short hair, that's your hair. But the only thing I don't like about that is the stigma that women who wear fake hair gets. It's just like, fake hair has been around since the 19 fucking hundreds, mm-hmm. the yeah. Victorian age, since the 1800s, before we was even doing, before we even thought about this, Fake hair has always been. Always been around. I've always wondered what the hate was for, like, the like, extensions that, and, and the weird Beauty the weird is something like that. that has been evolving and changing in so many ways to the point where even back in the day, men wore makeup. I was about to say, if you think about it, back in, like, the 1700s, nobility, they wore wigs, wigs. Yeah. in order to show their nobility. Yes. And, and they wore heels, was, too. They yeah. wore heels. And in 2019, and then, niggas are spray-painting their hairlines, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. My thing is, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with people wanting to feel good about themselves? Like, my stepfather would come home from his construction job, wash his hands, you know, be in the bathroom for two hours and they'll be smelling like shit and fucking hair dye. You know mm-hmm. what I'm trying to Because, you know, men back then come from construction job, I guess ate all the fucking truck food all day. Yeah. The first thing I do, but that's all I remember smelling up. Growing up, I would smell 
Shit. Shit. And hair dye. Well, like uh, <laughs> that was my my stepfather, and he took care of himself. Like I he feel like his nails. I feel like there's nothing wrong with doing certain things to make yourself feel good, and you know, add little you know additional tweaks. There's nothing wrong with that, but I feel that if you're depending on it, on that, yeah, and you're pushing it to the point where you can't even recognize your authentic self anymore, or your authentic self completely looks like another person. It's a very thin line because, like, but for example, comfort my ex, is more important though. It's the most important thing though, right? Comfort with yourself. Of course, for that individual. I'm yeah. just speaking from my my perspective. Like my ex was, uh, she's a she was she's a mono. Okay, and so it comes. That's yeah. She, she's she's natu- She's yeah. naturally beautiful. Yeah, like mm. naturally, she would wake up beautiful. Mm. I woke up like this. Like she would. She, she would. But every time we would go out. She it would be it would be like three hours, and I would watch her sometimes doing like the contouring, and she you know she would do a lot of like makeup so tutorials and stuff. And I'm looking at her, and don't get me wrong, it takes me like an hour, two hours to get dressed between putting suits together, I believe it. doing all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, accessories got to match. You know you yeah. have black and it's a Virgo thing. But I, get you. I would look at her, and I'm like, you're spending all this time doing all this extra stuff to no, to no, make no. you feel as though you look good when like you just woke up. Bad. Gorgeous. Bad. I'm curious. So my question is, let's just like that. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Let's just like that. I'm joking. Let's just like that. When you tell her she's beautiful and she's this and she still goes put makeup on, do you feel like it's a diss to you because you would like her, you like you probably just want to see her in that essence, take her out and let her just have that beautiful I woke up like this face. But she wants to put the makeup on for those so that others can is it for others or was it for herself? It was a, it was a little bit of both, and because I, she's a model, because yeah, she's that style. And she doesn't. That was really actually see. my question too. Did she ask like, how do I look? Yeah, she would always, she would always ask that. Um, because on the second, uh, on the other side of the coin, also, I dealt with a lot of models and photographers mm-hmm. in my in my field, so. She would always be a little bit self-conscious of asking me, you know, how do I look, this and that to the third. And I would always give her the reassurance of, you don't even need all that makeup. But in that industry, you have to respect that there's a certain standard that they have to keep within themselves in order to, you know, I guess progress or whatever the case may be. Whereas now... you never know if you're going to get caught by paparazzi, so you always want to make sure that you're putting your best Exactly. Like, there there would be times where... That's what you're told, I think. What you're expected to, you should have to. I know, honest. Okay, you shouldn't have to, but I feel like people who do live their life in the spotlight like that, if you don't want to be seen in a bad day, you will always be apprehensive in what you look like when you come out the house. She would put she would put makeup on to go to the to the Coro Store Bodega to 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 get breakfast sandwiches and coffee. Like, it would take two hours to go get a bacon, egg, and cheese, and some tea, and orange juice, and, and, and she would be in like, like one of my one of my t-shirts, sweatpants, and you know Jordans or whatever. The full face but of makeup. Her, her hair and her makeup had to be on point, because for whatever reason she felt as though if she didn't have that, then she would be caught off guard. And don't get me wrong, there was a few times where we would go to like, uh, it would, it got to the point where, she, like I book my schedule usually um, monthly and then biweekly. So like that, I could you know be available for spontaneous things or things that pop up, and you know she would know my schedule and she had the schedule too. We're both we were both by we were both by coastal, so we would go to L.A., come back to the city, you know, at least twice or three times a month. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got to a point where I was just like, I I can't 
I can't feed into your uh, stigmata of confidence anymore mm-hmm. because it's. I know it's detrimental mm-hmm. to your, like we were saying before, mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's there's only so much I can tell you that you're beautiful without it, without me actually, you know, becoming annoying Annoyed. to not only myself, but to her. Because it got mm-hmm. to a point where I would tell her, like, don't put makeup on. You don't need it. And a lot of times, like... You gotta go to the store. Let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like, we'll go out to dinner or whatever, and, like, she'll put, like, minimal... Ma- she'll put on... She had, like, multiple different phases. She'll put on, like, dinner makeup. <laughs> where, 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 like, you know, if we were, if we were to go to Tao or we would go to Scarpetta, where it's, you know, a dark ambiance. And a lot of people aren't seeing you, and it's real low-key where we would usually sit. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people aren't seeing you, but people are seeing you. So she had, like, dinner makeup, and then she would have event makeup where we're taking pictures outside and things like that. And I would... For better or for worse, throw her under the bus. So we would go out to like dinner, let's say at town, and then I would have an event at One Oak. So before One Oak, we would take pictures outside, you know, with whatever celebrity guest I was performing. Right. And then she would get livid because she had her dinner make- makeup, makeup on, on but she didn't have her club appearance makeup on. Mm. <laughs> and she she started to, you know, get mad at me about it. And at that point, I'm thinking to myself, like, there's nothing, there's only so much that I can do. And like I said before, I don't like wasting my time because I can't get that shit back. Mm-hmm. So it it ended up. I mean, we ended up. We ended amicably, like every you know every so often when I do go to LA or she's out here, you know, she, you know, you we'll hang out. Here? Yeah, like oh, we'll hang yeah. out. You know, we'll did hook you, up did, or whatever. Did, 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 <laughs> yeah. did you hear what he asked you? Yeah, yeah, that's why. That, that's why I say yeah. Oh, Lord, um, I respect this man. So, I think that's but, so funny. But, but like, isn't that kind of like the equivalent of what we do? Like as guys, like we get our haircuts, like. We buy our clothes, like we. Yeah, because y'all don't get hair, because I see y'all a little ugly out here. That's what I'm saying, but like, isn't that like? I mean, we're we're not bashing her, but like, no, we're yeah. saying that's that's the thing you kind of didn't like. But like, yeah. I feel like on the flip side, women would like see it. us without. Yeah, you didn't maybe, think it was necessary. Yeah, you didn't yeah. think it was necessary, but like, right. I feel like there's women out there who like kind of expect that same energy, like from us, like to get that, get that, get you that know haircut. Because it's not supposed to y'all to go get a haircut. Like it's like twenty five dollars to get a haircut. Where? Yeah, no, depends more on where you go. I go to. Uh, of a place yeah, down in down in the taste, down in the West Village, yeah, and I pay. You know, you, yeah, you know about the warm towel, Lainey? I know about the warm towel. Okay, you know about the warm towel. I get the warm towel. That's an extra five dollars, my nigga. Like that's thirty dollars for haircut. I get thirty. I'm a member. 30. I'm a member at a okay, at a gentleman's club. Okay. Yeah, and, you're right. It's huge difference. And the gentleman's club, uh, John Allen's, they uh, it's a full service thing. So like, you get your haircut while you're getting your haircut. I'm getting a manicure done. After that, they're giving me, you know, they're giving me beer when I'm done, or while I'm getting my hair cut, they beer. wash my hair. Yeah, it's a it's a full gentleman's club. My uh, nigga, I'm about to go. Where you the, going? Say a full gentleman's club, so they're stripping. No, 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 not, not, no, 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 <laughs> no, not, no, 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 not that kind of gentleman's club. Okay. Gentleman's club as meaning the the the, the actual meaning of a gentleman's club. Wow. Like okay, you, like gotcha. you go in, you get full service. Like there's a bar, there's pool tables. You know, you could it's order. It's a gentleman's club. It's a gotcha. gentleman's club. Gotcha. Like you, you gotcha. get a beer. You wait for you know your status to come. You get a scalp massage. You get a you know neck massage. You get your haircut. You get your manicure. You get a pedicure. You're getting all that done. That's like a hundred and something dollars. But it's worth. It's not worth it. But it's a hundred percent worth it. You know, I do that twice a month, mm. and it's it gives me my time to. Self-love, self-care. Exactly, because it's a it's a gentleman's men's club. Men? So, 
women aren't necessarily like it's not that they're not allowed in there, but like right. it's not, com- not common. It's like yeah. the um, old spice commercials, like yeah, it has lavender, but it's for me. Yes, exactly. Yo, you have mad questions. I don't know. I just have, okay. So with that being said, you mentioned something that I want to trick um pick pick on real quick. So over the week, um, it came out that Lita Vachon's husband was on vacation with Nicole. Murphy, Murphy. Mm. Hey. kiss on the lips. Lip so Ooh. I just want to say, okay, you know, that's everybody saying Nicole Murphy's bad. You know, Lila Vachon was bad. That big fifty was bad, bad she in her hey, hey, hey day when Ooh. she was, you know, on Harlem Nights. But you know, I, you know, as I was when this, when the story broke, I went on her page. I was on her page, right? And as I'm on her page, I get kicked off because now she goes private. Mm. And then a few hours later, she deactivates it. Mm. And my heart broke for a lot of different reasons because it was just like, damn, here's a woman. I don't know if they were together, if they wasn't, but just it's still embarrassing for it to come out that way because mm-hmm. you don't know what lie, what lie or truth they was living or where they Absolutely. was living in. They were married, right? They, they are married. No, they are married. Oh, they are married. Yeah. They're, not, they're not divorced. They're, nothing, they're not divorced. They are still officially married. Yeah. Now, whether they're still together, That's why. nobody it's un- really knows. to us, yeah. yeah. Really know but, that. like, as far as legally, they're still married. They're still married. And I will always have different opinions about people who are married and you do your thing. And blah, 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 blah. But anyway... <laughs> My thinking was, you know, after I got kicked out and she went private and she, you know, deactivated her account, my heart is pouring out because, you know, Leela has gained weight. And I have a friend who always, you know, we talked about it. She was, oh, but she got too big. She should have, you know, she should have kept her weight down. She should have kept, she should have kept into herself. She should have gave more into herself. And not for nothing, I understand what my friend is saying, 150%. Because sometimes as women... We do get into relationships, and we lose ourselves. We get very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it was something that Boris Kujo has said as he's with Nicole Ari Parker. Mm-hmm. And he had made the statement that, you know, he didn't meet her at that level. At level. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't meet her. How he met her is how he would continue to have her. Mm-hmm. So there will be no weight gain in mm-hmm. this relationship. Mm-hmm. And she's comfortable with that. They have their... And she gave him the same thing. Like, you will not get a stomach. You will not get fat. Like, you will be that sexy nigga I met from the day I met you. And she will continue to be that woman that he's met. Mm-hmm. And my thing was watching the whole Leela Faruqi, I don't know the man's name, and Nicole Murphy. Fuqua. Fuqua. Yeah, Fuqua. Antoine Fuqua. Antoine Fuqua. That's why I love y'all. <laughs> Antoine Fuqua, Nicole, and Leela. It made me think, like, as Leela's going through what she's going through, and I don't want to put the fault on anybody, but it's just like, if he didn't meet her that way, and she's gained all that weight, does he get the pass to cheat with Nicole? Like, at what level do we sit here when we get real with ourselves right. about well, our partners? Just fucking leave, yo. Like, yeah, that's the like, thing. There's no point in cheating. Like, if, you, if you're if you like... No, no, when you got money, 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 money. See, we broke. It's different. I'm broke it's different. It is different. But like, like it's, different. it's different. Like, you feel like you feel more powerful with that. It's not even more powerful. It's just more about, in reality... The access. Think it's the access, and depending on how much money it is, and depending on who brought what. Broke niggas got access. You may not want to... Not the same access as... Yeah, you may not want to give all your hard-earned money for somebody who didn't work as hard as you, and that's when the problem comes with people like them who have this money. They have these assets. They have these properties. Um, And I don't think... I don't think it's like a million dollars. That's for any marriage... When you have properties and assets with between y'all, it is a, and children. Let's not forget the children. Yeah, they have three children yeah. too. 
Mm. It's a little tricky. Broke niggas just... got access to the Red Roof Inn. Broke niggas got broke access niggas to don't have access to but Nicole broke Murphy, bro. But to, to them, but, they but may have a chick. Really don't get married they may have like shorty around the get, corner who when got When they do get, when broke niggas do get married, it's to a woman who can help them and take care mm-hmm. of their asses. Let's never forget what a broke nigga does and what a broke nigga is. Are, are we comparing like the broke niggas chick to Nicole no, Murphy right I'm, now? No, what I'm comparing, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, in a relationship, do you have these conversations with your partners where you do not want them to gain weight, like, no. and you and you may be subject, you know, suspect to cheating and stuff like that? Because but then, I, you know, I feel like that's, that's a very controlling. Honest, I feel like that's a very honest conversation, and it should be had they depending on the individuals that. because yeah. that's, that's real. That's, that's too I, much. I, I told that's my real. girl that's real. Like I said, Boris Kojo and Nicole Murphy. How you they, they, same thing with Will Smith and, and Jada. Jada. Did Jada sit out here, or does she still look like Jada that you know from Jason's Lyric? Yep. But is that isn't that controlling? Right? Like you're ex- like yo, you have to be the certain way. You have to be the certain yeah. size for me to stay with you. No, That's it's, not, it's, no, it's, not, it's not about that. It's about being realistic with yourself. It's attraction. When people are to get together sometimes because of attraction, right or wrong. A lot of times you meet somebody, most of it's because of that first initial attraction. Yes, that you have but what is what is love then? Like what if it's love? Like love you can't grow built. with someone and love changes. Built and love love changes and, and so you got to get to those weight gains. You got to get through those years. You got to get through those moments. Like and of course, some people can. What about baby weight? I'm still gonna fuck my pregnant girl. She got okay. that. Okay and, she had, okay, and then when the baby's three years old and she's still fifty pounds overweight, what are you doing? That's you. you if you're fine with it, then that's great for y'all. You. Too. I'm speaking for myself. For myself, not, there yeah. are people who are not fine with it. And that's it's also, I know, I'm one. I'm one of those people. It's also, and, and, and it doesn't make nobody sick because you're not fine with that. See, Jeff can see here and be all high molly than he wants or he wants to be. But that but doesn't at the end make you yeah. not not better than like, nobody. So then, what was it's the point real. of getting it? People change. People, people get comfortable. Do change and people do get. But you should never get comfortable to the You should never get comfortable to the point where you lose yourself and you don't know. You no longer want to put into yourself. It's also very dependent on the people in the relationship because um, they're celebrities so uh, public image is huge so it's it's different when um, whether you're broke or rich I mean I was always told you rather be uh, rich and not famous than famous and broke yes you, you know go. so like they're they're famous you know what I mean they're in the public eye so if you didn't have that conversation like let's say Will and Jada did after a few years where they realized that, all right, you know, there's certain standards that need to be held for us to stay together. And, that, and sometimes it's not about for us, you know, not for, you know, yeah, you're right, for us to stay together. And for also for the attractions to still be yeah. there. Yes, like you got like, yeah, to be honest with yourself. If you with somebody for 12 years and they sit in here and they gain 75 pounds, titties is hanging this way, ass is that way, your dick may not jump the way it used to and when you got first real, met. And, you, and I feel like you owe it to that person to be real enough with them because maybe they're not aware. Because um, I love you don't get your dick hard. And it's like and if it does, hey, that's even greater too. You know, what I'm trying to say like I'm sure some I love you can get your dick hard because you know the feeling of acting love being in love. That's mm. great. <laughs> and I feel like I, I mean like I, I truly I, I truly attest to what you're saying because I feel like you, no matter how much you love somebody, you still have to have a sexual attraction to Thank them you. in order for it to be a romantic yeah, relationship. Well, what if 70, you're attracted to the person more, like the personality? That more, happens. That it happens. does happen. But and that can but that can work. You know what? That can also okay. So that this is when you get led astray sometimes because you get attracted to the personality right that's all good and then they do something that you can't stand just like that all that's gone in the blink of an eye cool but we're talking about strictly physical right now so my person that i'm attracted to but you just said it's not physical you said they you you had just said 
it is not about the physical. It's about you. You got to that mentally, the personality. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying like this is when that can even be a fuck up because once they do something, there's do a part something. of their personality you don't like. Then that attraction is over. Yeah. Immediately disappears if it's primarily just so, on that as, personality. If there was no physical attraction, it's only just that mental attraction. The minute they, the minute they no longer suit your mental needs, that's adding to the lack of physical attraction. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, and I mean, I don't care how shallow this is, but it's it's really it's truth. real. It's, I know my truth, but if my girl wasn't at, like this is, I'm not. I, I'm just gonna be 100 unfiltered, and she knows this, right? Because she be saying if she jokes around, like if I wasn't cute, you wouldn't be talking to me. And I'm like, nah, bitch, I want it. Like I love you because I got to know you, but we wouldn't have initially met if I wasn't attracted to you. If I didn't see you and say, damn, she cute. Ass fat, cute face, nice hair. I wouldn't have talked to you, and that's because just being you know, real. You have, I have a question for everybody in the room, but go ahead, go ahead. Because I'm, I'm, you know, because Jeff wants to have this thing. Because you know, sometimes you do meet people, and it's that mental connection, right? Mm-hmm. It's all that, my you know, it's all that mental connection. It's all great and it's all lovely. Sometimes that happens because you're you're too insecure on yourself to go out there and meet somebody you feel that you're attracted to because you you beat yourself down. You feel like you're unworthy. Mm. So let me go love the bitch who loved me. Let me ask everybody in this room, going from left to right, what is your definition of love? Love is energy. There's no real definition of love. Love is everything you want it to be and then some. So, CR, what, what is your definition of love? My personal definition you want to go textbook, like that's what you're going to tell. No, personal. No, Everybody. textbook will be objective. Mine is sub- subjective. Um, for me, love is, is a is it, like she said, it is an energy. It is um, something that is not, in my opinion, always constant. I believe that love is a mirage that's only seen in the heat of the moment. And I live by that because you don't always love that person. Like, you'll be mad in that moment. You're mad. Like, yeah, you love them. You care about them. But you're not in love with that person in that so, moment that's that you're mad. Because if there's love and then it's that whole moment of, of being, being in, in love. love. And in love yes. is very fleeting. In yes. love is a you thing. Because yes. the person you're with, they can never feel that capacity of how much you really love them. And you're and so in love with them unless you every day show them and shower them with love. But nobody can do that in a sense because that's exhausted in a sense too. It is exhausting. So there's other ways you show people that you're in love with them. So there's a difference between there's love and there's in love. Love is what makes the roots grow stay down there. In love, that's a feeling that only you, that they give you, they make you feel. But they don't really know that feeling that you feel because they're not you. What is your definition of love? Uh, Love is definitely an energy. And with piggybacking off of that is it's fluid. Mm-hmm. So um, water fills whatever container that you put it in. So if your relationship at the moment is a beautiful flowing river, then of course everything's going to be, you know, rainbows and butterflies. But love is also getting into arguments, mm-hmm. not talking to not talking to the other person. Yeah but still wanting them to be home yeah. or still still caring about their well-being or uh, Acceptance. Still, still accepting what's going on with the understanding that they know what your standards are because there's no real concrete definition of love in general because, like, for example, I could show love to CR that would be completely different than I would show love to, you know... Your brother Kendall. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, love is very, very different so, in many different facets. So, like, we're, we're, we're ascending to the level of love 
you're getting to know this person. You're accepting them for who they are. Mm-hmm. So you're saying a minor, maybe not, it's not considered minor. It's like 300 pounds is a minor, but like a weight change or a weight loss is enough to, for you to not give a fuck about them or love them as See, much. And that's where you're, that's where you're, that's where you're misconstruing the message, right? So can I, can I, can I tackle this? So this is where you're misconstruing it, right? You're still going to love that person. But remember what we said. Attraction back, and love. Let me finish. Let me finish, right? I'm You're still going to love that person. But that same feeling of being in love will not be the same because of that physical attraction not being there. You can still love them. Like, you care about them. You want to make sure they ate. You want to make sure they come home at night. You want to make sure they're safe. You want to make sure you care about them. But do you still have that same spark that made you feel like you were in love? And also keep in mind, real love and real situations, you're going to go through dry moments. You're going to go through times Ups where and downs. you're going to be in love for five years. You, you're going to hate each other for three years. And in that seventh year, you're going to fucking make it work. You're gonna. So you have this thing where you're trying to like find faults in what we're saying about having attraction for the person. Because at the end of the day, you should be attracted to the one you love. Point blank, period. period. Now, mm-hmm. if you want to sit there and be attracted to, not attracted to the person you love, then that's on you. That's fine. Because, and, and that to me, that speaks of a deeper level of you feeling unworthy of being of having somebody who's attracted to you, mm-hmm. that where you're where you're willing to settle for anybody just to love you, and you no matter how they look. So you're willing just to get to the bottom of the barrel because you're like, oh, you know what? She loves me. I'm not really attracted to her, but she loves me. And then you got to question That's yourself. A yeah, you got to question yourself and ask yourself: Am I really getting what I want, or am I getting what's being given? And mm. then, am I doing that because I feel like I'm not? Not you. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's not definitely you. not reflective to no, me. But like, no. I was just asking. Like, I was just, I was really just curious. Thing, yeah, because you had you kept you kept poking at us, having this attraction thing. Uh, I didn't like, get my point now. That's why. But to anybody who feels, I'm done. <laughs> what? To anybody who feels like attraction is not of the is, is not important, and I have to I have to give you this question: You must. Do you feel unworthy of having the love and attraction that you so desire? That's all. So you watch Joe Rogan a lot, right? Yes. Did you see Dr. Cornell West on there? That's recently? the one I was watching yeah, we yesterday. Watching, we watching. I didn't I, I didn't finish it. It was in the very beginning they were talking about um freedom. And uh, uh people are afraid of, of freedom. Yeah. Uh what do you think about when you first heard that? I I think I, I agree with that. People are afraid to have complete control over their own lives and it sounds outlandish initially sounds pretty ludicrous but a lot of people have been programmed to be told what to like who to like where to go what to do especially with social media now being so prevalent that it's not um there's no freedom there whereas if you live on your own terms and you're making your own decisions and no one tells you where you got to go or where you got to be. That's freedom. Yeah. And it's scary because it's very easily get lost in that freedom when you have no, uh, I guess, overseeing body looking at you and telling you where to go. No restrictions. Even that, being with who you want to be with, whether no matter the way, the, the look, the mm-hmm. style, like that freedom of being who you want to be with. Like people feel the pressures. Yeah, it's it's that that's a huge thing because then a lot of people attribute to a social stigma and what other people would think, you know, like just you know touching back on you know physical attractiveness or even uh, you know social awkwardness. Like if you're dating somebody 
and then you bring them around your friends, they could be the baddest bitch in the world. But if they have no social skills, mm-hmm. like it's that's the other side of it's, it. It's yeah. it's weird. You know what I mean? I like agree. like you're not gonna be able to to make that work because even though they're physically attractive and they're on point, they go to the gym six times a week and they're super successful. But you bring them around people and they're kind of like blah blah and super weird and bland. Yeah. But yeah. on the on the other side of the coin, you could have somebody who's very intellectual, socially, you know, outgoing, and they're not really fully physically attractive to what you would like, then you're going to be hesitant around bringing them around. Yeah. Even though they have exactly what you need to bring around people, you're not going to want to bring them around because you're like, oof, well, you know, I don't want to bring, you know, you know, my good girlfriend who's good to me and has a great personality and meshes with the family but she looks like fiona you know what i mean like i don't really want to you know do that it's a very it's a i I guess you could say it's a double-edged sword and i think it's about balance i think it's about balance like you know you brought up a great point that you can have somebody who's drop dead gorgeous but has no personality or has no type of intellect then it's just like okay i'm fucking dating a mannequin Yo, go back to what we were just talking about, like, what y'all were saying. Like, did y'all understand what I was trying to say? Like, acceptance, right? Like, if you're investing time into someone, you're fucking breeding a form of acceptance in that person, whatever that comes with it, right? In relationships, you know, people get comfortable. They start to relax because they feel the who they're with will will ride with them and accept them for who they are, no matter how they look. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I understand, like, the physical attraction. Like, my dick won't get hard if she gets a little more of a fupa or whatever, like, mm-hmm. but... Keep in mind that that was the discussion to talk about the whole um, Lila Rashawn, Antoine, and Nicole Murphy, and how Lila may feel, and how the body image, and do we need to have that conversation with our partners about what we want and need, and is the physical attraction important? Nothing more, nothing less. Got it. But I branched off into that mm-hmm. in terms of those awkward, those conversations, those honest conversations. Some people may not have that in their relationship, and it may just happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Like I may may get more of a stomach, but my girl won't, won't tell me necessarily that she likes it or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So shouldn't we just naturally go with emotions and maybe accept that if you care about that person on a deeper level than just the physical? I feel like you shouldn't judge the person if they change. But at the same time, if you feel like they're not being their best selves, then I feel you like... You should express that. But I'm Then not- you should express that, but that shouldn't dictate rather if you're going to love them or not. That's where I I do agree with and that. And to piggyback off of that, um, like you know, like you were saying, but if somebody were to gain fifty pounds, let's say over you know a duration of a relationship, yes, of course, that you know you might not you might end up you know not being as physically attracted to them as you once were when you first met them. But that goes into a deeper level of psyche where why did you let yourself? Go. Yes. Like, are you expecting me to just compromise what I first fell in love with just to be with you because you're you? Because I'm keep, especially if you're keeping up, you know, your appearance and your day to day, you know, processes and routines. It's almost like like a slap in the face to Mm. a very soft extent because. How do you expect me to love you and still be attracted to you 
if you don't even have the decency to still to... love yourself and still be exactly to because exactly. let's be let's be honest, right? When somebody does let go of themselves on some level, they it's have the, they they have they have they might have something going on, and you got to ask yourself like, how much do you love yourself? How much people get too too comfortable, or there's something bigger going on? They're facing depression, or they probably just unhappy with you. So what happens? They're probably gaining weight, like. As a cry for help, it's a lot of different situations as to how these things happen. And right. I feel like, as I'm sorry to cut you off, I just want to add that I think as human beings, we're subconsciously attracted to somebody who looks healthy, right? Mm-hmm. If you look unhealthy, like on any level that we perceive to be quote unquote unhealthy, it's going to affect how attractive or unattractive that person appears to you as an individual. So if you're perceiving it as like, yo, you don't look as healthy as you did when I first met you, then it is going to affect your attraction. Got it. It may be um, naive. People got to start being real with themselves. It's just like, shit sound nice because it sound nice, but if that's not you being real with yourself, then it's just like, what's the point? What's got the it. purpose? Got it. So I, this goes back, I mean, this maybe just me something I'm dealing with I need to work on internally. I've only seen real love... Um, I haven't really seen real love up close throughout my entire life, except between my grandfather and my grandmother before my grandfather passed away. Other than that, I've only seen it through movies and television. So my perception of love may be a bit warped, whatever. But, and I've never, I've never been in a relationship, I feel like I've never been in a relationship long enough to see real physical changes throughout the relationship, like loss of weight, gain of weight, whatever, whatever. But, but I just feel acceptance is definitely one of the most important things to make a relationship work. I agree with you. No, for 100%. Sure. I, I agree with you. Yeah, because like... I never say anything, but I'm you, just expressing how I... I'm responding to what you guys said. Yeah, because like if you, you don't... If 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 you don't love yourself, then then how can... Anybody how else can you expect you? me yeah, to love like, you? Yeah, right. But if you don't love you know? yourself, it's like, okay, so... I don't know, because I have this hard thing with acceptance, this, this acceptance word. Do you want people to accept you because you don't accept yourself or because you feel they need to accept you? Exactly. Because I, I don't expect anybody to accept me or something. I was like, in relationships, I what I want is understanding, not acceptance. Mm. I don't need you to accept me, but I do need Doesn't you acceptance to Acceptance and acceptance go hand in hand? Mm-hmm. Not in the sense. Mm-hmm. And it's... Mm-hmm. But if they're understanding who you are as a person and they're dealing with that, that don't mean I accept. They don't have I, to there's, accept people, there's people who I understand, but I don't accept them into my yes. life. Bec- yeah, yes. like for example, just going back to my like the mental health issues, right? Of when I was growing up, even my teenage years, right? There was a girl that I was dating who knew me since I was younger, right? We were friends for family friends for years. We got to about 18, 19, and we started dating, dating. So she knew my ineps and, you know, what I went through. She understood what I went through, but she didn't accept it necessarily because she thought it was wrong or off. Mm -hmm. So, like, she understood that, like, you know, it was going to take a little bit of extra effort for me to, like, understand her or, like, you know, realize that, like, her silence is actually speaking louder than if she were to tell me that she had something wrong with her. But she didn't really accept the fact that it would take more effort in order for her to do that. And we ended up drifting apart. A family friend that I knew for over, you know, nine, you know, 18 years, we were damn near born, you know, almost, I think, like three weeks apart. So she understood because she was there, but she just didn't accept it as something that she was willing to deal with. 
take my mom, for example. She understands that I am a lover of women and I prefer to date women. I love women. But she doesn't accept it. Not at all. Mm. There's no acceptance of it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But she understands that's who I am and I'm her daughter. But she does not accept it. So are there parts of your girlfriend that you don't fully accept that you... Yes, and she knows that. Okay. And she knows it because I'm an honest person because she... Not I have, like I have you, this battle. No, I know, I know, and, and she has her battles with me where she, like, she says that she accepts all of me, the good and the bad, and that's why I love her because I want to grow into that person. That's why I say she has what I, she has what I'm lacking, right? She's your gardener. She's she's my gardener. Like she really fully accepts me. Me, I'm learning how to accept somebody because she my, understands her flowers may have weeds in it. She accepts that she has to pick those weeds out and keep watering it. Right. That's what. I, that's, what I, that's kind of what I'm trying that, to say. Your girlfriend mm-hmm. is the person I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The person who will look past whatever they have going on, whatever mm-hmm. fucked up things, whatever physical, whatever. They accept you mm-hmm. for who you are. Mm-hmm. There are people like that who exist. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I'm trying to say. Like, But unfortunately, that's really not exist. the... the that, it's not the majority. Yeah. It's not. It's not They're the rare. That's what I'm yeah. saying. They're very I'm rare. Saying, I'm speaking with those people. I'm that type of person. I feel I could be... You're that a rare t- commodity. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely a commodity, I would say, for sure. But it's... But I respect that, Like, though. you know, like freaking sapphires and emeralds, it's a very... It's a commodity. You know, you're not going to find that very often. Yes, when you do find it, a lot of people won't even go that far into, you know, getting it. Yeah. Like go back, you know, to that to that idea of you know you're digging for gold, and a lot of people would dig twenty feet into the ground and stop because they didn't find any gold. But if they would have dug three feet more, it I was right there. That's because they didn't want it. I read really that book. It. Yeah. Because they because they didn't really, really want it. Want it you're gonna keep going no matter yeah. what, no matter what obstacle comes in your face, Absolutely. no matter what's going on. So right. But I totally do agree with you, Jeff, that, you know, that if you're the type of person who, like, has that unconditional love, like, you really can accept people 100%, like, I commend you because that's something I've been struggling with my whole life. And you know why? Because I don't 100% accept myself yet. There's certain things about me that I want to change, certain things that I want to tweak. So just like how we were talking, right? If you don't 100% accept yourself, then how can you 100% accept another person? You have to 100% accept yourself. Like I 100% accept everybody, but just that I'm going to call everybody out on their bullshit too because it's just like you don't have to be the way you are. You choose to be that way. You choose to go down this rabbit Mm -hmm. hole. I don't have to accept you because I love you so much. I'm going to call you out on your bullshit every time so you don't keep going down that rabbit hole. Now, if you can't take that, then that's on you. Yeah. But this is my love. That's how I love it. This is what this is because real love is not going to bite the eternal hold it and coddle you and make you feel good about your dumbass no. decisions and your dumbass life. No, we're going to push you to be who you need to be and be honest with yourself. Break these chains, cut your ego, and really be real and start telling yourself, you know, I am a piece of shit. Let me let me, let me be that piece of shit though, because there's this whole thing with these people these days. Everybody wants to play nice. Yeah. Everybody is so sensitive. They want to be such the nice guy, but y'all mm-hmm. really not nice. nice. Be no. Y'all do this shit because y'all want fucking acceptance from people because y'all feel y'all have nothing else to live for because y'all got real issues in the inside. No, that's a fact. I I've definitely have caught myself in the past trying to be that person yeah, that like everybody could nice. said. Be yourself. And I, I, that's when I became an asshole because that's when I was my truest self. That's when like my realest friends stayed around because that's really who I am. And what's like, that thing? Show me who you are when you're drunk and I'm going to show you who you are when you when nobody's mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Drunk words speak sober thoughts. sober thoughts. Like mm-hmm. that's who you really are. Yeah. And, you're just, and that's and you're just so scared to be that person. 
Like I love being around people when they're drunk and high because it's just like, oh yeah, that's like, raw. This okay, is who, this is raw. This yeah. is you. That's exactly what I you've need been that. thinking. Yeah, this is exactly right. what you've been thinking. This is, I, I'd rather that than the fake superficial bullshit. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I don't need that in my life. Like when I was my, that same mentor that told me that before, um, when we first started, he would always tell me because I was I always had a expensive taste. Yeah. So whenever I would go out dates, like, you know, instead of when I was 19, 20, I was making a good amount of money. So I would take, you know, girls on steakhouses, all this place. And he was like, listen, you're dating all these girls, young, you know, girls your age. They're not used to this kind of stuff. You're trying to impress them. Start slow. He was like, that's fine. Do that. But he was like, you're from the South Bronx. He was like, after the second or third date, bring them to your favorite bodega to get a chopped cheese and see how they feeling after that. I bring bitches to check his first date. Mm. And I and I remember specifically one time we went to a porterhouse in Columbus Circle. Beautiful steak dinner, looking over to, uh, Central Park. Amazing. Yeah. The next day, we went to uh, 184th. We went to my uncle's bodega. <laughs> we got, she didn't know it was my uncle's bodega. We pulled up, and she's looking around, and she's like, the hell? Yeah, like I could tell by her, like her body language already, that she already kind of like sunk into herself a little bit. And she's like, What's happening? And I'm like, Oh, we're about to get some, you know, some sandwiches. She was like, From where? And I'm like, From right here. She was like, From that store? And I'm like, Yeah, the chopped cheeses here are amazing. And she was like, Oh no, I don't want to eat here. And I was like, Why? She was like, I don't know. It looks weird. And I was like, And she's from New York, right? Yeah. And I'm like, Alright. I was like, alright, fine. So I went inside. I got myself a chopped cheese. I came back. It smelled banging and it looked banging. So after like... I ate half of it, she was like, Can I taste it? And I was like, <laughs> Oh, so now you want to taste it that we're out of the Bronx and you know, you, you're smelling it. Now you're hungry. Now you're hungry. You realize I'm not going nowhere else today. Yeah, like, this like, was a real nigga. Bro. This was dinner. This was it. And I'm glad you got in this nigga's lift, bro. I ain't gonna hold I'm you. Telling yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, wild shit happens for a reason. Bro. That's some wild That's shit. It was uh, what happened with Shorty? It was oh, we stopped talking. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Right after that. Oh shit! Because like she, it, it, um, I was at a point where I was starting to catch stride, and I wasn't willing to have anybody that wasn't, I guess, appreciative. Of the lavish parts of my life that I was used to and wanting, but wasn't accepting of the fact that there are parts of me that came from nothing. Yeah. To where, you know, my mother didn't have, you know, money for milk to give me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if she's not accepting of that and all she's expecting is steak dinners and and bottles at the club. Fuck out of here. Yeah, we like yeah, we can't do that. yeah, it's not it's it's not gonna work out because for me, uh, 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 um, a a porterhouse as me Peter Luger's is yeah, it's amazing, good food, mm-hmm. but I love a chopped cheese from the bodega on the corner any day. Word. You gave me a, you gave me a chopped cheese with a sun kiss of five dollars. I'm, I'm the cheese. happiest. I'll take that honey turkey and cheese. Yeah, you know I'm the happiest camper from like you know a little Denny corner a deli corner store. Like I'm a happy camper. I don't need See, that the steak. Bronx still got the stores that's the bodegas, but they got the back and they got all the rice and beans and the, the yep. pepper. Oh, I yep. You get a whole you yeah. get a whole dinner plate for like yeah, six fifty and a snapple. That's and you don't get, you know, you don't get that. It's funny. I went, uh, one of my friends owns a, uh, like, a resale company. It's called Hub City Souls in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to them. And um, 
we went out to Williamsburg to a a thrift store called Buffalo Exchange. Mm. And we had just done some loose. We went to the Supreme store. He got some drops or whatever. We went to, um, you know, uh, Buffalo Exchange. And we're walking around Williamsburg, and it's a, it's like three or four of us. And we're like, yo, you know, I forgot how it came up, but we're looking for a chopped cheese. And we're like, damn, you know, a, a cheesesteak will, will, will hit right now. So, you know, we're walking, we're smoking, we're looking. We go into like five different, like, corner stores. And we're asking for chopped cheese, and they're looking at us like we have, like, 15 heads because the area is so gentrified that, like, first off, they didn't even know what chopped cheese was. We had to explain to them it was a cheesesteak. Yeah. And then after... Chopped up cheesesteak. Yeah, and and then they were like, no, I'm sorry, we don't have a cheesesteak, but we could give you this gourmet steak with with pesto sauce. I don't want that shit. No, just give me chopped cheese with some goddamn onions. Yes. Throw some salt, pepper, ketchup on it. Put it on the put it on there. Give me a sun kiss or a snapple, and let me keep moving. That's it. I don't want to pay fifteen dollars for your avocado toast steak sandwich. Like, fuck you. Yeah, word up. Like, and it was and it was actually like eye opening to me that like the like the area that I knew from ten years ago that in, in Brooklyn you could have got a chopped cheese on the corner probably, but like now. Go to Williamsburg, try to get a chopped cheese. I'll pay for it if you can find it. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Fuck Brooklyn right now. Or Williamsburg, at least. <laughs> um, <coughs> you have a, you had a long-ass list. You, you done with your list? You know? I feel like, you know, I, I got enough things covered today, and it was a really good conversation on relationships and mental health, and um, we covered the bases, so... I'm pretty good with the, today. Like, Shout out to like, Lyft, because this is really connecting people, bro. It really, that is, it really like, is. What made you want to talk to this nigga? <laughs> um, but did he, like, all right, hold on. Let me set, let me set the stage. So you, you called a Lyft. How much was the Lyft? Do you remember? It was like, I was going from Carteret to East Brunswick, because oh. a, f- a friend of mine is... I remember how much I got paid. How much you get paid, nigga? All right, so it was like 18-mile trip. No, 18-minute trip, 12 yeah. miles. So I got probably like 13, okay. 14 bucks. Yeah, it was like... Cause I have like a business account, so like I get I, I get discounts on my business account. And um, by the way, can you come back on the podcast? Yeah, just let me know. I'm I'm in, I'm in the city all the time. I be I be in Parkchester too. Guys right. to connect. I'm in the city all the time. So and you just, a cool ass nigga, bro. No, thank you. I ain't gonna hold you. Like thank you. I just try to keep it as real as possible because um, I, I I found out through trials and trials and tribulations that me trying to put up a front. When I was going through those times of like not really connecting with people because I didn't, they they didn't either see eye to eye with me or I didn't understand their emotional state and how it was reacting based off of my actions. Mm -hmm. That I was trying to like be something that I truly wasn't to make other people comfortable, and it it yeah it became real detrimental because then I I went through a stage where I got into a real dark place because I didn't really know who I was. Like, yeah, I was making money and I was networking and I had, you know, I knew so many people and I've met so many people, but, like, who was Cross? Mm -hmm. Like, who was that person? I had lost myself. And after, you know, a few years, and it wasn't even therapy. Like, I I haven't been to therapy in years. It was more of, like, meditation, self-actualization, and I... I'm, I thought to myself, like, kind of like what he said, where he we, he was like, you know, I got my asshole bag. Like, I was always in that asshole bag, but I was always trying to, like, make other people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But it's like now, 
I'm going to be me. Yes. Be Un- you. Unconditionally and unequivocally me. And I'm the type of person, I appreciate that. And I get that realness from you. Like, I'm not going to lie. When you got in my car, I already knew you're the type of person. Like, you don't give a fuck. I already know. Like, I'm like, yo, if he wants to be an asshole, he's going to be an asshole. But I bet you he's cool as fuck. And yeah. that's exactly what you are. You're cool as fuck because you live in your truth. I want to get back to that day when he got on the lift right quick. But, like, I know you have a relationship with podcasts and there's a listening to them. But have you been on a podcast before? No. This is actually, actually my first podcast. Bruh, I keep hearing that so much and it's nuts. Because yeah. people like you need to have their voices heard. Like, have their story shared. It's nuts to me. Have you thought about even making one yourself? Yeah, I've I've actually helped uh, a friend of mine, like, get in contact with people to start a podcast. It ended up not working out for him because of, you know, disagreements that he had, I guess, with his, you know, co-hosts and stuff. But, like, like, I know the backgrounds behind it and stuff, but I've... I've thought about it, but I have, I have so many other things going on. going on that like for me to take the time out to like think of content, you know, actually put things like this together. You know, it takes time. Yeah. And especially if you want to, you know, do it the best, like you would want to do anything else that you pursue in life. You know, it takes that time and dedication to do that. I feel like you like you're naturally like curious about the world and about people. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Would you be down to interview people? Like absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Like like I've. Like I've, I've been on spiritual journeys. I've done DMT before. I want to do DMT. Joe Rogan fucking inspired me, bro. I, when I did DMT, I did it once, and it was about. 15, Is it literally just like instantly it hits you? It was like fifteen minutes, and you good? It was about fifteen minutes to twenty minutes, and I was completely in a different plane dimension. Like it was, it was, it was. It's hard did to you explain. Do that, um, Tomorrowland, or are you? I did at Tomorrowland. <coughs> I did at Tomorrowland. It was on LSD. It was a completely different. <coughs> it was a completely different like realm. It was so. It, it was very weird, how how it made me realize certain things, and that kind of made me realize that I can't be this fake person anymore. Yeah, and I have to actually just be me because the person that it, it was almost as if like. I was speaking to myself out of body. So like it was like us talking here, mm-hmm. but you were me and I was me. And then we're talking. Mm. And the other entity was telling me that I was losing myself because of the fact that I was putting layers and layers and layers and layers and layers on top of who I actually was. That's what LSD was for me. I was told to not look in... It, I think it was told right about shrooms, but LSD as well. Like, don't look in the mirror. Yeah, you get it. lost. Yeah, and I, I literally had a conversation with myself in the mirror, and the other side in the mirror was telling me about myself mm-hmm. and exposing those insecurities that I've been trying to push away. And it, it kind of... I mean, I'm still healing, but it, it set me on the path to heal. Yeah, like I, I try to do... S- I do psychedelics. I would say at least once every four months, quarterly. Fuck yo. Just to just to kind of put things back into perspective. So, like for example, um, like I'll usually in the winter, um, I'll rent out like a a cabin in the Poconos. Yeah. And a bunch of my friends will go out there, and we'll go out there with a bunch of food, friends, alcohol. You know, we'll smoke, but there'll be a specific day for like self-awareness and then however that is if you just got to go out in the woods sober and just trek it out or if you needed like a heavy like you know psychedelic trip to like 
you know, get things together. Can I be invited, bro? Because I've been wanting to do yeah. shrooms for the longest. Like, Absolutely. And I was told, like, you shouldn't seek it out. Like, you should just let it come to you yeah. naturally. But I've been seeking that bitch out, bro. I want to do shrooms bro, bad as fuck. He's talking about Remember when we was watching Joe yeah. Rogan? I was telling you. I was, yo, like. Actually, what is it? This, the second weekend in August, I have um, uh, a, a, soon. I'm a, nervous. a scheduled shroom trip. We were going to the beach. Oh. So... Three years ago, my friend was like, he just got back from the from the Marines. He was, you know, done with his enlistment. He was like, dude, we haven't done shrooms in a while. Let's do it. And I was like, all right. He, I was like, let's let's do it. Yeah. So, it was about six of us, mm-hmm. and then you know, one sober person that drove us, and you made sure that you know we didn't go batshit crazy. So we got to the beach, and my initial apprehension was that since there's so much stimuli at the beach, it was going to be an overload. Yeah. When I say it was probably the most profound experience I have ever felt, it was six hours of just, like, bliss. Mm. Like, one of my friends cried the entire time. I need wow. that. But not like a sad cry. But happiness and gratitude. Like, he, he laid just on the beach with his toes in the sand and everything right by the water where the water would just touch his feet and yeah. come back. And he laid there for five hours crying. Just feeling the sun, feeling the wind, and just like understanding himself. Mm. And and I know many artists, and I know many you know intellectuals who microdose, you know, every few months or every few weeks because it it opens up something in your brain that we're not very much capable of doing without it. Yes, you can, but it takes years of meditation. It takes years of just like. Are you referring to the pine- uh, pineal gland? The pineal gland, yeah. The pineal gland, yeah. yeah. Like it, it, it opens that up, and you just you're you're woke to like a completely different realm of thought, yeah, and so understanding. You go 5D yeah, yeah. Right away, instead of going to three D. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, we have to wrap up. I, we're gonna probably. Matt, Brianna, owners of the studio, I'm sorry. We, this is the last segment of the podcast. We have a segment on this podcast called Don't, called Don't Sleep. Cool. We basically recommend to the audience something you shouldn't sleep on, whether it be food, an experience, whatever. And uh, my Don't Sleep this week is uh, something I heard Richard Pryor say. Uh, it was actually a piggyback off of Joe Rogan interviewing Cornell West, where they were talking about uh, Richard Pryor in the beginning. And I saw an interview with Richard Pryor, and he was saying uh, MS uh, helped him slow down and smell the roses. And that really uh, sat with me for because my stepdad has MS, and uh, that kind of uh, really resonated with me on that level. But just that message, like, slow down, smell the roses. I, I feel I need to – I'm talking to myself in this moment, too. Like, just slow down, embrace every, embrace your accomplishments, smell down, slow down, and smell the roses. Because, like, I feel people are in a hurry to get to where they want to be. They want to get to that goal, that accomplishment, mm-hmm. that exceed, that a check, whatever. But just slow down, appreciate the journey, smell the roses because uh, you'll miss out on some moments like this, like this conversation we had today, like that meal that you may have not enjoyed as much mm-hmm. the night before, you know? So just slow down, smell the roses, and uh, recipes, Richard Pryor, you're uh, the greatest comedian of all time, not my personal favorite, but I think you were truly one of the greatest comedians of all time, and uh, thank you for your, uh, your energy. Uh, Lainey, Coco. Lainey, I mean, Lainey, Coco. Lainey, 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 Lainey,
Through any illness, addictions, it's important to take accountability, even when it hurts, especially when it hurts. Ask yourself those questions you're hiding from. Those questions of, what, why am I triggered? Am I jealous? Do I let others view me? Do I let the views of others dictate my life? Am I just in my head being my own worst enemy? Am I really mentally different, disturbed, or anxious? Why do I really turn to sex? Why do you really turn to drugs? Ask yourself and don't lie to yourself. Get deep. Think back. It's only you having this conversation with yourself. And I didn't replace you, Coco. <laughs> um, I would say don't sleep on living in your truth, no matter how ugly it may be, uh, perceptively speaking. Um, be yourself unapologetically, and you learn the most about yourself when you live in your truth. Um, I'm in a place of healing. I'm in a place of learning who I am and who I'm becoming as well and who I was. Because those are three different phases, so... One way or another, that truth will be the light that you need when you're in your own darkness. Absolutely. I would say don't sleep on your strengths. A lot of people want to harp on... Fuck, I'm sorry. A lot of people want to harp on their weaknesses and try to figure out how they can make their weaknesses better. But don't sleep on your strengths. Mm. Like, focus on what you're good at. If you're good at something... Master it. Master that. Yes. Make that good. Because your weaknesses will envelop and develop... Along with you mastering your strengths. Like, never sleep on your strengths. Your strengths is people skills, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, research, uh, putting together topics, uh, questions, what interviewing, whatever the case may be. Never sleep on your strengths. Because a lot of people out here are so harped on what their weaknesses are and trying to fix that, that they sleep on their strengths. And then now all their strengths are stagnant. And Amen. their weaknesses are, yeah, you might be building it, but you're not building what you're actually good at. That's a fact. Well, that's um, some good information. Uh, would you like to shout out where people can find you? I definitely want to have you back so they'll find you anyways, but do you have any social media, anything like that? Yeah, if anybody wants to find me, my Instagram is uh, CrossedQ. Um, Facebook, Christian Quintana. That's my given name. Everybody calls me Cross. It was a pleasure to be here. I want to thank you guys for having me. Cross with a K. It was amazing. Cross with a K, by the way. K-R-O-S-S. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, you. if you enjoyed this podcast, wherever you're listening at, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, uh, please leave like a rating, like, whatever that shit is, because we've gotten a lot, lot more recently, and that shit is definitely beautiful to see. Uh, send more emails, too. Like, I got two emails uh, over the past few days of people sharing their stories of mental health and depression, and uh, that shit definitely teared me up. And um, send more questions, too. Our 100th episode is coming up, and I wanna, I'm going to be reading a few questions live on the air when we record that episode. And uh, we'll be responding to those questions. So I definitely appreciate that. Uh, we have merchandise. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to read the whole link, but it will be in the bio for this episode. It'll say merchandise in the link. It's on our, it's on our Instagram, at Introverted Intuition Pod in the bio. Directly, you can get some joggers, some hats, whatever. And uh, we have way, 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 way more coming for you guys in the future. So please just stay tuned. Please continue to follow. And we are hella appreciative for your listens, your watches on YouTube, and uh, the purchases of the merch. And all that. So uh, genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, uh, thank you so much. Uh, I love you. Goodbye. Word.